Hello and welcome back to Roll for Immersion. This is Season 1, Episode 2. So today we're going to start off by talking about some news in the D&D realm. So we're going to start out by talking about Strixhaven, a recent book that came out from Wizards of the Coast, which is a collaboration between D&D and Magic the Gathering, both products produced by the same company. So what do you guys have to say? Like, What are your first initial thoughts about it? Uh, I think first... We should all introduce ourselves. You know, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think about that. <laughs> so, yeah. Go I'm, ahead. I, I'm your host and Dungeon Master, Aaron. All right. Uh, I guess I'll go next. Uh, my name is Sam Shipe, uh, and I am playing the character Hagar for the campaign. Um, I'm Tori, and my character in this campaign is Calcine. I'm Emily, and I'm playing the character Gwendolyn. Sick, nasty. All right. Um, now we can actually get into <laughs> yeah. the saving. Um, so I'm, I was a fan of Magic the Gathering first before D&D, um, for the most part. Like, I had known of D&D, and I had maybe played, like, the equivalent of a one-shot in 4th edition, which is, like, just pain. Uh, <laughs> Oof. It kind of sucks. No offense to people that love 4th edition, but it's inferior. Um, uh, yeah, 3.5 is better than 4. Yeah. Um but seeing any kind of collaboration, because this isn't the first time this has happened. No. Like, they've done it with Ravnica. Um, but I was super stoked because it introduced so many new, like, ideas for creatures that are now in uh, D&D and I hope to, at some point, become, like, playable races. Um, like the Loxodons, which are just elephant people, or elephant, as I like to call Elifolk. them. Because <laughs> I think that's funny and witty. Um but yeah, what we're I think it's uh, we should also ask like what you two guys what your first impressions were when yeah. you like learned of this new module. Um, I mean, so I'm someone who's never really been familiar with Magic: The Gathering. Like, I know what it is, but I I don't know a lot about it. I've never played. Um, but this was something that seemed really interesting. Um, the biggest like draw for me was the idea of like colleges with this. Um. Because I think that, like, that whole idea and, like, the way that it impacts, like, your character build throughout seems really interesting. Right. Um, I also am very excited about the fact that you can now play owl people. Um, <laughs> owl folk. I love owls. Owlins. And I, I saw that in the, like, information about this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I am so going to be an owl as soon as I can. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was always possible to be an owl, I guess, as yeah. soon as, like, the Owrens came out. Um, like, you could, be, you could be owl folk or whatever, but, like, now there's a legitimate race of just owl people mm-hmm. uh, instead of it just being, like, this is one race that encapsulates all birds it's like that's really kind of weird because birds are very varied and different yeah so instead of like now having to homebrew like you know your personal hawk or whatever with its own abilities you can actually take from source material so hopefully they like continue that with more like animal variations right what about you I also don't have much experience with Magic the Gathering. I mean, I've seen people play it. I know that my stepbrothers are really into it, but I just never got into it. Um, but when like, when I heard about Strixhaven, it was first described to me as D&D meets Harry Potter. And me sitting Very here fair. with my little Slytherin notebook, I was immediately <laughs> intrigued. <laughs> and so I think, I think it's a really cool idea, and it's really interesting, and I think it's something that I'm probably going to learn more about in the future as well. 
hope it becomes your new hyperfixation. Um, oh yeah, because <laughs> like I think I think it's so interesting with you know so D and D kind of had its own moment within Magic the Gathering also recently when they had a set of Magic the Gathering cards that were based on Dungeons and Dragons. Like that was the name of the set, which is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, so you had like characters from throughout D and D's history, like in that lore, just you know coming to life in Magic, and now we have something kind of flipping that where Liliana Vess, who's like been a huge character in Magic the Gathering's lore for like decades, is now like a professor at this university. Right. Which first of all is so weird for anyone that like <laughs> knows Liliana is because she's like this like crazy like necromancer chick that like was driven mad and like now she's just in charge of children. Um, <laughs> which like I, I kinda get it. Like I feel like that's the perfect place for a twisted person is within a university. I say <laughs> that like, like the Snape of yeah, Strixhaven. It's, it's like I figure but like probably more likable because she's very good at manipulating people. So I feel like she's like, you know, like that stern professor that like you can get on the good side of right. but like you still don't want to cross her. Everybody has the rebellious phase. You know how it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was something that, you know, that that comparison, and I might have been the person that made that comparison to you, I don't know, uh, of Harry Potter and uh, D&D, because it's, you know, like, I'm on Ball State's Quidditch team, but until, like, last year, I had never read or seen any of the Harry Potter content. Really? That what? is actually in, surprising. In my 20 years of life at that point, I had never seen or read any of it. And I'd been playing on the Quidditch team for like three years. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and, it, you know, so that's, you know, that's also like my tagline for when people, like when I try to recruit people for Quidditch and they're like, I don't really like Harry Potter. I'm like, I don't know anything about Harry Potter, but I still play. Um, but like drawing these parallels, I think is actually super cool. Cause like, you know, now I've seen and read Harry Potter and like, my opinion is that it is fine. Um, if you like it, that's cool. I think there's a lot better fantasy out there. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think many people can argue that there isn't better fantasy out there, but I understand that it, a lot of it has to do with nostalgia. Right. Um, and that's not something that I have. However, it also has a super transphobic author mm -hmm. that has alienated the fan base. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I also wanted to kind of discuss in that, you know, like D&D... Uh, and Magic, to an extent, has had, you know, creators or, like, you know, directors for their companies that have had, you know, controversy in the past, but there's not, like, one person you can pin the company on to be, like, okay, you're the person that we're, like, looking to for this, whereas, like, with J.K. Rowling, it's very much, like, the buck kind of stops with her. Yeah. This is, these are her characters that she created um, and named very poorly and was just... <laughs> almost just blatantly racist in multiple occasions mm -hmm. and you know has since come out to be someone that just is a blatantly controversial figure very much so. um which is something that you know i think escapism the people that find escapism through harry potter you know it's kind of like it's kind of like chick-fil-a you know it's like i want like as much as it's pretty good it's fine it's a little bit overrated i feel like chick-fil-a the same way i feel about harry potter like it's fine it's okay I'm not obsessed with it like everyone I mean, else is. I mean, I beg to disagree. I well, thoroughly, that's, really enjoy Chick-fil-A. Good for you. <laughs> but but you get what I'm saying, right? Like, they've been marred with controversy yeah. as well, but you can go to Popeye's, you know? Like, if you don't want to support them, you can go to Popeye's or churches or KFC, whatever. This is not sponsored by alternate Any food. chicken choices. <laughs> but that's something that I think Harry Potter fans are looking for. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you don't just want to give up everything in something that you've dedicated so much of, like, your early development to. 
and I get that. You know, like I was obsessed with like Percy Jackson, so if Rick Ray Orton came out to be a huge piece of crap, I would be upset genuinely. Oh yeah. Um, granted, he's done the opposite. Like he's actively written trans characters and given those voices to people that matter. Um, so it's you know I, I think I won the childhood like debate of. Percy Jackson versus Harry Potter, yeah, just, yeah. just from a creator I, standpoint. I'm mean, I I so like, ready for that Disney Plus show. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. God, I, um, and but that's kind of what I'm saying is like you know this could be that place for people coming from Harry Potter, finding that you know that nerdy geeky niche and having something familiar in it with like these colleges at the Strixhaven University. Right. Um, the only issue I see. Uh, and it's something that I was talking to Emily about before this is there's not a direct relation of each college to any Hogwarts house. I mean, first of all, there's five of them instead of four. So that would be difficult in general. <laughs> but each of these, like, you know, you can combine Hogwarts houses to kind of, like, get um, what these colleges are in Strixhaven, like, kind of what they're about. Right. Uh, and I think it's interesting for people that have been really into magic in the past and haven't. Um, because it's just, you know, it's it's all new. Like, all of this stuff is new, but it's linked to and is familiar enough from both, you know, Harry Potter people and magic people where they can kind of just be like, let's meet in the middle here and play D&D and turn all these Venn diagrams into circles where we're all just jamming out together. All, all together. Just inter, intermixing. I almost said interbreeding, and that was pretty <laughs> gross. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, that's kind of, like, the idea. So I think it would be a little bit interesting for us to kind of discuss the colleges like going down the list and like making those comparisons right uh, if that makes sense and I think the most adept to do that would actually be Emily because it sounds like she's like she she's she, got the hard uh, work in she's she's the scribe uh, <laughs> easily of this of this group uh, and she's like put active effort into drawing these comparisons mm -hmm. uh, between the colleges and schools so like i think we can just kind of go down the list real quick and give like our quick takes on you know first glance what are these colleges like and can they be related to harry potter yeah um for a less problematic i want to say like i don't want to say fan base because we can get into how problematic the fan base can be in D and magic yeah yeah and, and, and we'll bring we'll bring that up in, yeah. in a little bit yeah, I think after we go through, like, these colleges, then we can kind of tackle that yeah. subject. But I think I'd rather focus on some of, like, the net positive, uh, which is coming out of this, which is, you know, people have these colleges that they can associate themselves with. Right. So I'm going to let Emily go ahead and pick whichever college she wants to start with first and give us her take on how she sees it lining up in the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. Okay, so the first the first one that I have on my list is Silver Quill. Yeah. Uh, also known as the College of Eloquence. Um, for each one, I listed, like, I wrote down the mascot, the motto, a few, like, key, like, mm -hmm. definitions, and then, like, the majors that are offered that I found. Mm -hmm. So um, their motto is Sharp Styles, Sharper Wit, which I really like. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. probably my favorite one, honestly. Um, some of the descriptive words I found about them was they're stylish, intimidating, um, competitive. They've got a lot of charisma. Um, and some of the majors that were offered were like journalism, ethics, language, literature, law, PR, writing, like that sort of thing. So my major is in that one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, the Harry Potter comparison that I made was it seems like they're a combination of Ravenclaw and Slytherin. 
if you're gonna right. do, do the very much so, yeah. yeah it's yeah. They, they seem to kind of like you know give give themselves the nod of like intelligence but also like that like creative direction that they're kind of able to kind of take from that and be like i guess in their own words sharp about it yeah which kind of like gives the idea of like fangs and you think about Slytherin and blah, blah, blah. No, um, no. I mean, to be honest, when it comes to Slytherin, I think the first thing that really pops up to me is how, you know, brash they are. Right. Because they are very outgoing with, you know, who they are. I mean, the biggest instance is Draco Malfoy. He was mm. very out there like, oh, yeah, I'm a heavy Slytherin. <laughs> and so. Big Slytherin. <laughs> guy. Big he Slytherin. Being a guy. Slytherin, his entire personality. He, he really did. <laughs> Um, and my Slytherin dice over here <laughs> yeah, that I have. Hey. <laughs> and, and so... We're wh- not cringy, you're cringy. <laughs> so when I heard that, you know, one of the key words was like charisma and all that, that really just gives off that idea of Slytherin mm-hmm. with also being, you know, Ravenclaw. Yeah, also, can I just like point out, like, who goes to like a magic school to be a lawyer? <laughs> like, don't yeah, raise your hand. that's a very good point. <laughs> it, well, like, let's like... like what what abilities do you gain from magic that like lets you become a better lawyer? I hey mean, man, Harry Potter has the like wizard government, so they've got to have some kind of magic <laughs> lawyers, but, like, right? Like, wizard <laughs> lawyers is like you're just a lawyer and a wizard. You're like those aren't like. Well, <laughs> now, now with Dungeons and Dragons though, you got like Zona Truth, so like yeah, you like, cast that. I agree. Like you can, yeah, but that doesn't seem like that's a lawyer's job. That seems like just the job for law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like then negates the need for a lawyer because you just like cone of truth someone and you're just like, did you do it? They just and they say no. It's like ah, I guess he didn't do it. But now see, just imagine the abuse though of power if you were to give law enforcement the abilities of that. I'm not disagreeing, but like law enforcement would be so hard. Like you could just cut it down so much of just like, a, all right, we got the guy. Like get a like you could you could still have like the jury system where like everyone right. comes in as like witnesses and it's like all right make him tell the truth and then you use magic to make him tell the truth and then everyone that saw it's like ah yeah he told the truth he really did he really did he do really it. did destroy that man's cabbage cart it was really messed up <laughs> <laughs> my cabbages um but yeah so what's what's the next one on your yep. list uh I. Th- Prismari, I think is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You got it. Um, that one's the College of Elemental Arts. Um, and from what I could tell, they're the theater kids of, uh. the, of, the, of the school. Um, their motto is express yourself with the elements. Um, the descriptive words I have are passion, energy, emphasis on creation instead of the product. Um, and then the majors are like art, dance, music, fashion, design, theater, that sort of thing. Right, right. I haven't actually come up with a Harry Potter comparison for this one yet. Yeah, so there's not a great think? one. No, I mean, I, one thing that really stands out to me is the word passion. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you think Gryffindor. Yeah, yeah. Gryffindor yeah. very mm-hmm. much. But when it comes to everything else, it's really hard to pinpoint something. Well, yeah, because like that. you know, and we were we were thinking maybe Hufflepuff mm-hmm. just out of like like the the care for what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Because um, it's like you know like when you think of, for me personally, like when you think of like Gryffindor, you don't think of like artsy, you know, like. I definitely think of like stuck up, but I don't think of stuck up <laughs> oh. as in in like the in in the way of like that theater kids are. Yeah, I think sense. of the jocks, yeah. like the jocks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, yes. You know, for for those magic nerds out there, Prismari is the color combination of red and blue. So that kind of I think gives a different context to it, um, almost of like intelligence typically, because blue is usually more associated with intelligence. 
So with that lens, I still say, like, the closest comparison is, like, Hufflepuff and Gryffindor, heavy Gryffindor. Like, yeah. Like, the only reason there's at all Hufflepuff, like, at all is because it's, like, the creativity. And that's, like, literally it. Because <laughs> Gryffindor yeah. ain't got no creativity. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, you're not wrong, though. Like, you know, you associate them with, like, the jock types and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I also think that it's cool that I think these colleges are a lot more nuanced than the Hogwarts houses. Right. Yeah. You know, like you typically associate like two or three words with each Hogwarts house. Whereas if you try to do that with these colleges, you're not going to get anywhere close. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's move to the next one. Yep. Uh, The next one that I have is Witherbloom, which is the College of Essence Studies. Um, Their motto is get your hands dirty. Um, Descriptive words I have. I don't have a lot of ones for this one. I just Mm -hmm. have life and death um, plants. And then I also wrote down that it gives me witcher vibes. Because I think that's fair. I mean, their motto is literally get your hands dirty. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I just watched The Witcher for the first time, like, last week, so it's fresh mm. on my mind. But it's, mm. like, it reminds me of the scene where they are they have the flower and they have the rock and they kill the flower to make the rock float. So it's, like, right. using, like, taking the life from the plants to do what you want to do. And that's kind of what, what this gets me. I think so. But, like, you know, they also, like, they say, like, careers or whatever because they list them for each of them. And, like, some of it's, like, healers and, like, uh, like naturalists. And then other ones are, like, necromancers. And, like, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so wild to me. Uh, again, for Magic fans, this is a combination of uh, black and green, which is, I think, I think it should be white, black, green. But we're not doing three-color combinations because that's too complicated. Um, because it's, like, I think it's it kind of has that duality of nature uh, and that nature can either, you can either see nature as something that's, like, beautiful and, like, gives life and you nurture that, or nature is, you know, harsh and unforgiving, and that's where you get, like, the death and the resurrection and things like that. Um, so I think it's incredibly nuanced and it's really cool. Uh, what was your, like, comparison of, like, combination of houses for it? That, for that one, I did Slytherin and Hufflepuff. Okay. Just because I think of Hufflepuff and I just associate them with plants, probably because their head of house is the herbology teacher. But <laughs> that's it makes the sense. Only that, thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. That's really the only thing that I could think of for them. I was having trouble with that. It's like I just I just have a hard time seeing Hufflepuff other than like the ones that just are healers. You know, like mm-hmm. those ones, like those ones, like okay, yeah, you can be Hufflepuff because you got your homies back. You know, you're get your homies. you're like yeah, here's here's a healing balm. But, like, maybe, maybe they are because they're just like, ah, my friend died. Now I have to resurrect him from the dead. <laughs> well, but now he's a zombie. Oops. I mean, that Oopsie. could work because their traits are loyal and hardworking. Exactly. So, and I, I think mean, that's valid. Um, yeah, that's why I wasn't like, no, not, yeah. not even a little bit. I was like, maybe, actually. Because um, I think they are smart. And, you know, isn't, like, Slytherin saying, like, cunning? Yeah, yeah. cunning, ambitious, yeah. Yeah, and I I think if you want to go out of your way to resurrect someone from the dead, you kind of have to be both of those things. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think anyone's going to just tell you how to do Mm -hmm. that because morals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so this is just a thought that appeared to me. So when it comes to the Hogwarts houses, and I know we discussed it a little bit earlier and how they are not fleshed out, but literally Rowling herself literally just had a set of words, you know, some of the yeah. most basic words that you mm-hmm. can find, like, if you type in... It's like, it's like astrology science. Yeah. Very much, yeah. And 
with these, you're getting personality and yeah. differences. You're not just getting this witty arrogance. Yeah, I think from... if you can attribute yourself to a college, it's more accurate than if you could attribute yourself to a Hogwarts house. Right. Yeah, yeah. This seems a lot better than the um, if you're in Slytherin, you're bad. If you're in Gryffindor, you're good, and the other two don't matter. Like, that's that's the vibe that I get a lot, and it's... Yeah. I mean, it's just because that's, that's how it plays out in exactly. the main storyline <laughs> yeah. that yeah. was given to us. Yeah. It sucks, but it's just how it is. Rolling <laughs> literally just... You have, like, a lot more diversity. <laughs> yeah, these colleges have a lot more nuance than, like, the Hogwarts houses do. It's very interesting. All right, right. Give, me, give me the next one. Uh, I have Lorehold for the next one. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> a College of Archaeomancy, I think yep. that's how... Okay. Uh, their motto is leave no stone unturned. Um, they're like scholars, history. Um, uh, I put human nature and they focus a lot on the past and figures of the past. Um, majors that are associated with that, archeology, span business, history, philosophy, um, political science, psychology, that sort of thing. Um, Big brains. Yeah. Big brains, I... but they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. No. <laughs> yeah. That one, I... Ravenclaw, maybe, but I don't know another one to add to it. I kind of associate them with Gryffindor in mm. in the like the, the 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 seeking out these things. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I see the Ravenclaw because like anytime you see anything that's like ah oh, knowledge and knowing <laughs> things, it's like just associated with Ravenclaw because it's like ah oh, that's the nerdy one. Yeah. Um, and these are it's it's literally just a college of nerds. Like right. they're they're going yeah. out to dig things up or just ponder life or whatever. Um, but like an emphasis on like, you know, focusing on the past so as not to repeat the mistakes, which is something that I think we all have heard once or twice. Right. Um, and so like, I kind of, I don't know. And it's also, you know, for the magic nerds, it's red, white, which was Boros, which kind of like, you know, it makes me think of Gryffindor just cause red. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, it, it, I don't know. Like I, re- I weirdly get like Hufflepuff vibes but I don't know why. Like maybe it's just because like they're very careful about like what they're doing with like what they're finding in in history, and like they're very mindful. Right. Um, which I don't know. Like it could be. I could see an argument made for like you know Gryffindor Ravenclaw. I could see an argument made for Ravenclaw Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that's the one that I kind of want it to be, but I still can't mm-hmm. get the idea of like red equals Gryffindor <laughs> out of my head. Um. Yeah. Because it's just like, you know, it's ingrained and it sucks because I'd rather not have that in my head at all because I don't even want to think about a world made by someone that I detest. That, <laughs> that is completely fair. All right. And the last one? Uh, the last one is Quandrix, which is the college. Nerds! Of, yes. Oh, the college of <laughs> Um Okay. So their motto Numeromancy. for this one is myth, or math is magic. Which that says all you need. That is literally just straight Hufflepuff. It sounds like. <laughs> so there's. You mean Ravenclaw? <laughs> Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff. I don't bother. Yeah, with same it. thing. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. So I want to get death threats from Harry Potter fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they have patterns, puzzles. Um, I I took this as a direct quote. Uh, they say can recite every number of pi backwards. Oh. Is I'd on their website. Die. You <laughs> can't say every number of pi backwards it's because infinite. it's an infinite number. <laughs> exactly. Hey, they're magic though. So oh my like gosh. they figured it out. So like so literally, I feel like if you're counting backwards in pi, you could literally just start spouting numbers as long as you know how pi sequences. Yeah. You could randomly you, just you say could something. Literally, never be wrong because if someone's like, "That's not where it is," but like we haven't gotten there. Yet. <laughs> we haven't gotten there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. keep going. I'm sorry so, I interrupted you. No, you're good. Um, 
majors, uh, accounting, astronomy, math, physics, stats, econ, engineering, that sort of thing. Freaking nerds, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Oh, my gosh. I love that, like, they also, like, in their description, talk to, like, fractals. And for those of you that don't know what fractals are, that's, it makes me laugh. Because it's basically just... I don't. I'm not gonna go into it. I'm not a nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> You're. I, I think <laughs> like to differ. <laughs> what are fractals? Uh, uh, not, I definitely don't know that. <laughs> um, P.S. I guess just straight Ravenclaw. Straight as Ravenclaw. far as I can tell, um, unless you have a differing opinion. No, I'm thinking Ravenclaw, but it it just rem- reminded me of. I don't. I don't want to give Far From Home spoilers. Have you guys seen Far oh, From I, Home? Oh, I... By the time this comes out, if you haven't seen Far From Home, that's you're, your problem. You're wrong. Yeah, got you. Got <laughs> you. That's already a whole Spider-Man movie behind the one that just came out. So Not Far From Home. I'm no sorry. Way home? No Way Home. Yes. Oh. I mean, oh. I still have the same opinion. If you haven't already it's seen it, It's been out for problem. two months. Literally, yeah. everyone okay, so... saw it the night it came out. Yeah. Okay, there I we go. I saw it three times opening weekend, so... so. The, the math is magic motto just reminds me of when, like, Peter used the geometry to just... To figure out to the magic. Fi- to figure out to, the magic, he just yeah. Sort of geometry the mirror yeah. dimension and was like, oh, wait, no, I got this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is all just this is all just math. And then I lost all faith in Peter Parker because I was like, you're such a nerd. Sometimes <laughs> like, I forget <laughs> that like, comic book Peter Parker is very much just a nerd. And yeah. then stuff like that happens. And I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> well, wait, it's true to the source <laughs> material. <laughs> but now, see, well, I mean, completely off topic, but still in the realm of Spider-Man, though, I mean... I loved how they kept him nerded yeah. in, through each movie. Because, yeah. like, in the second movie, he's sitting there talking about quantum physics and all that yeah, sort of exactly. stuff. And then in this one, he's talking about math. No, so. it's, it's true to the character. It's yeah. just, it, I was just like, I, I called it. As soon as he was, <laughs> as soon as he got in that situation, he's, like, he's going to solve it with math. And then the person sitting next to me, Blake, was like, huh? And then he did, and Blake got mad at me. <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, Peter Parker would be in Quandrix. Honestly, Fair. Yes. I believe it. Yes. Well, like, maybe not. Just, maybe he, because, like, I don't see him in Silver Quill, but, like, he's smart, but he has, like, that, like, bravery mm. to him that, like, you know, mm. makes him seek that. So if there was, like, a combination Ravenclaw and Gryffindor, maybe he'd be in uh, Lorehold. <laughs> maybe. Perhaps. This is all speculations for all those random BuzzFeed quizzes that'll never get made because this is too nerdy for them. Right. Yeah. They'll just keep making Harry Potter stuff, even though they've actively, like, stood against J.K. Rowling. Right. They're right. like, we don't support her, but, like, what house would you be, guys? Exactly. It's infuriating. Yeah. It's like, oh, we don't support Chick-fil-A's views, but, like, I'm going to get me a 12-piece. I'm going to get it's me like, a 12-piece. cool. Glad to see that's where the buck stops with you. Um but I think now is like it could, since we're on that topic, we can transition into the other aspect that we wanted to bring yeah, up. Yeah. So I actually um, had a question for that. So, you know, early on we were talking about how how much fun I guess it would be, mm-hmm. and poss- potentially easy it would be for Harry Potter nerds to find comfort in this module. Mm-hmm. But my question is. What about the pushback from D and D community who don't like new people coming in and you know having these radical ideas? Right, and yeah, that's something that's like uh, it, it's a topic that I discuss regularly, like within uh, you know my play groups, within you know my friends that also play, and it's 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 really troubling to me because you know like I'm I am a uh, white presenting, you know cis presenting male you know right so when it comes to like you know that gatekeeping experience that i found has become so common for like friends of mine that don't fit that bill 
Um, you know, it's incredibly disheartening because to me, like, and I, I said this in uh, literally a classroom like a week ago where I said, you know, D&D is like therapy. Everyone should at least try it. Um, and, you know, and, and I draw that similarity because it's, it's, it's like that with like therapists, like the first one you try might not vibe with you or whatever. And then you get a new therapist, you know, the first play group you try or the first DM you try in D&D might not vibe with you and that's fine that doesn't mean the game's bad or you know you shouldn't try again you know and i get that it's not for everybody but i think it very well could be right and i think you know and and, you know in preparation for this discussion you know i reached out to you know friends that have been in past present play groups and uh game shops that like i frequent and you know like look around you know how many people that are you know poc do you see not very many like usually like one Mm-hmm. per playgroup, you know? And it, it's it's hard for them not to feel tokenized, I find, right. from, like, talking to them about it. Um, and it's incredibly disheartening. Um, but I think that there's enough people that are loud enough that outright stand against it. But I also think that it's important to bring those experiences to light. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which, you know, I have to ask, you know, Tori and Emily, have you ever experienced any kind of that? Like, whether it's gatekeeping, you know, sexism or anything from the community? Not me personally. Most of my experience with D&D has been with my dad. Um, he mm-hmm. was the one who introduced me to it. He was the one who was always my DM. Like, it was, it was how that worked. And one of the campaigns I joined recently was actually a campaign that he started with some of his friends at one of our local game shops. Um, and I was home for the summer, and one of their um, one of their players had to had to quit. So he asked me, he's like, "Hey, would you be willing to take over this character for us?" Hmm. And so I was like, "Sure, yeah." So it's me in a campaign with just middle aged men, and then it's me. <laughs> and honestly, it was it was fine, you know, like there wasn't any issue. I felt respected. I felt comfortable. Like it was, like. It was good, and I know that a lot of people probably don't have that experience, mm-hmm. and so I feel pretty lucky to have not run into any of those issues. Right. Okay. What, what about you, Tori? Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of in a similar boat. I mean, the so I've only ever done one other like consistent campaign, mm-hmm. um, and it was started by the guy that I was dating at the time, so that was kind of my in, but even Andrew. still, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, but even still, there was, like, kind of some convincing on my end, like, oh, you know, like, you're getting a group together, like, I would really want to try this, like, you know, I never have before, but, like, I'd be yeah. really interested, mm-hmm. and, like, um, so, Dropping like, very obvious hints. Yes, very <laughs> much. So, like, they let me be a part of the group, but it was, like, okay, it was me who I am, like female presenting and right. then it was like four or five cis white ma- like men mm-hmm. um so like very much kind of fit into that like stereotype mm-hmm. i guess and i mean i felt comfortable because i was friends with these people but at the same time there were limits with like the role play sometimes where I would feel a little uncomfortable because as the only like female, it was like, okay, I get that you're like flirting with me in character, but like, maybe don't do that. Like, Mm, I don't know. There were, there were those kind of things that would happen. Right. Um, 
I don't know. See, that's like not a huge deal, but it as a I think it, it begs to be noted. Yeah, like as as someone who was the only female in a group, it's like okay, that was yeah, something why are you that only stood with out. Me, you homophobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I completely understand what you're saying because all the campaigns I've ever been in have never been role play heavy, and I think that might be part of it. Uh, just because yeah, like that would make sense. I've just. I don't know. There, I've just never had role play experience in mm-hmm. a D and D campaign. It's always just been like, it's been about the fighting. It's been about the rolling. Like that's mm-hmm. what it yeah. was. Right. So I wonder if that's like that's a universal thing that that a lot. Yeah, of I mean, yeah, because personally, most of the campaigns that I've been a part of have been more role play heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been cases where like I felt uncomfortable because like you know a cis straight white guy was playing a female character and playing it very, how we say loosely. Uh, I think is probably the easiest, most PC way to put yeah. it. Yeah, and it's yeah. like now I'm getting uncomfortable because it's like you know, like not that you can't do whatever you want with your own character, but like clearly you've never talked to a woman before, <laughs> or you know, yeah. you know, like there's the joke like, oh, this man's written by a woman. It was the exact opposite. This oh, woman yeah. was written by a man and mm-hmm. not in a like flattering way. No. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's why, that's one of the reasons that I want these other perspectives. I want, you know, I want to talk to, you know, POC people and things like, you know, uh, people in these groups that are usually tokenized by these campaigns, by these fantasy things. Cause and in a lot of fantasy artwork, like, you know, I think people of color, particularly black people, get recast or, like, remade into being, like, fantasy creatures. Like, there can't just be a black guy in Middle Earth. Like, he mm-hmm. has to be another race or something. You know, I'm not drawing a direct, you know, it's not anything to do with Lord of the Rings or Tolkien's no. universe. It's just an example of just, like, that's what would happen. Right. Like, right. they yeah. would make him a different species instead of just letting him be like a black hobbit or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, even with, um, I, I haven't read all of the Percy Jackson books. So this is like, I could definitely have no idea what I'm talking about, but isn't his, yeah. Yeah. His his black best friend is a a magical creature because he can't just have a black best friend. Yeah. Um, also it's the best friend role that, that the POC gets, not the main character role, no. which Rick Rayward I think fixes yeah. very well in later series. Yeah, um, but I mean, highlighting other characters. E- even in you know the main books, because uh, I'm gonna be completely honest, I recently just Ooh. read the Percy Jackson books. Granted, I haven't finished book five yet, okay, so I'm still on that one. So, but so with can with I give spoilers, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I mean the books have been out forever. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but one thing that I I know with Grover is the fact that yes, he is portrayed as you know this uh, other creature but mm-hmm. he also is his own character because a, a lot of times when you see people of color being portrayed as you know a different race like an orc or something like that it's also typically very heavily implied that these aren't the great guys yeah, you like know they're yeah. lesser in some way or they're just, exactly or they're just removed yeah you right. know and I, and I agree Grover does feel very much just like you know any other character would the mm-hmm. way that Rick Riordan writes it and that's far from you know, not being a compliment. I think, you know, he's a very well-done character. He's fleshed out beautifully. Um, granted, he makes some boneheaded decisions. Yeah, I mean, um, that's just how Grover but was. That's, that's just, that's just <laughs> how any, any, character, any character is going to have flaws, you right. know, and they should. Um, but it's something that I want, that's why I want these perspectives because I don't want people playing these characters without, or playing, because uh, it, it's fine if you want to play a character that's, of the opposite sex or maybe not of your race Mm -hmm. or whatever but do so with that respect and mindfulness 
to not just you know create a stereotype of someone you know don't be an incel about it right I'm saying. you know if you're gonna play a female character you know like you can make someone that's loose for lack of a better term but you know at least have that mindfulness of like okay this isn't how women actually are instead of very obviously kind of showing your bias and your sexism right, at right. the table when there's you know just because there's no females playing or even if there are and you're just i don't know it baffles me um how people can kind of just i don't know get away with that right um going back to the grover thing i i wonder if i missed something because i thought that making him black was a change for the movie that they did no I don't think so. Because I, I could have be sworn. Because, like, all the fan art I've seen, he's always been white. I Every single time. So I that's a failure. <laughs> um, hold on. I'll let, I'll let you look it up while we discuss other things. Oh, yeah. Um, so so um, there's actually a question I want to pose to you guys. Right. You know, because this was something that I just that I thought of. Uh, and I had mentioned before we got into the studio here. Uh, the relationship system that is coming out with this module. Ooh, yes. So... How do you guys think that will actually influence and take away and help build upon, you know, the foundations of what should be done when it comes to relationships, whether it be between PCs or uh, mm-hmm. a PC and N- an NPC or even just NPCs together? Like, how do you, how do you guys think that's going to help? Um, well, first to comment on the Grover thing. Apparently, we were wrong, and he was made black just for the movie. Wait, what? Uh, which oh, is disappointing, no. but it's also kind of like, I'm going to blame Rick Riordan for not, like, making it more clear that we would remember that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna apologize on my part for bringing that up, because uh, I do not know enough about Percy Jackson no, you're to good. have confidently said that. That's you're totally, totally fine. fine. I mean, but, um, I, I mean, even... But, yeah, I mean, you know, that aside, I think it still was a decent point to make, you know, right. and Grover, you know, was just the stand-in for a stereotype that already exists. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't think we need to make too many backtracks on that. No. But, you know, uh, to your point about the the new relationship system, I am all for it because I am so sick of, like, the the, the slutty bard stereotype. Yes. Yes. Right? Um, like, I, as much as I love playing a bard, it does, like, it, it is just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's aggravating. <clears throat> I mean, not just aggravating... Sorry. What's he, Sam's voice? dying. I'm just, I'm so upset about words <laughs> and how they're portrayed. <clears throat> but like, oh my God. Do you need some water? <laughs> yeah, can I, yeah, can I waterfall some water? Thanks, homie. I That's a completely you. unopened bottle. Oh, okay. I'll pay you back. <laughs> but like, it's hard to resist, like, playing that character. Right, you know? right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, we're back. Kind of. Um, <laughs> kind of. But it's kind of hard to resist being that, like, slutty bard character because that is, like, the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And kind of like before when I was, like, comparing Red to Gryffindor consistently. I think that's, you know, kind of a comparison you make. Like, you know, you associate bards with being loose, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So when you go and play a bard, it's hard to get that out of your head and transition away and be a different character. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I think Hagar, my character in this campaign, who I've played in a previous campaign before, so I have enough experience <clears throat> with him and being a bard that's not loose, that I wanted to kind of bring him onto this, like, and, and not necessarily immortalize, but create it as an example of this is what a bard can be 
you know, you don't have to, you know, fall into those stereotypes. Um, and, you know, again, this is something that exists throughout all of fantasy. Right. Um, you know, I just made the Gryffindor parallel or whatever, where people just have these connotations in their heads. Uh, and I think it's important to challenge that. Just as, just as it's important to challenge, like, gender norms in your day-to-day life uh, in the real world, challenging those norms of, like, what these characters or these classes, races, etc. are supposed to be, I think, makes it just a better experience for everyone involved. Right, right. And, you know, with that, with the relationship thing, I think it's going to add another element to... Because, uh, you know, uh, you were talking about... Emily was talking about um, playing with her dad growing up. That's not where a lot of people start. Right. You know, they either yeah. start with friends or they go to a game shop where they're holding, like, D&D, and they sit down at a table with a bunch of strangers they've never met before, and they have to go through, like, a session zero, which is, you know, nowadays, and I'm glad it's becoming this, becoming this, like, what am I okay with and what am I not okay with in this campaign? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Uh, what are my trigger warnings? What are, like, you know, like, do you have, like, anything, like, you know, if you have PTSD that's triggered by, like, you know, uh, talks of the sexual nature or something, you have to tell the, the DM that. And the issue then being that some of these DMs have been DMing since the game came out. Right. And they're mm-hmm. very stuck in their ways. They're, you know, older or whatever. And they're not willing to kind of open their minds to, you know, just not running it however they would normally run it instead of taking it like I would as a challenge to be like, okay, how do I still write this campaign with that in mind? And granted, you know, there are going to be times when it's like, a, I'm okay with this, I'm not okay with this, but the rest of the table is okay with it. Right, and then right. you step away, you go to another table. That's fine. That's not gatekeeping. What's gatekeeping is telling people that, you know, their triggers are invalid, so they can't play the game in general, or, you know, their feelings are invalid towards the game in general, so now they can't play. You know? There's a place for everyone, you just have to find a DM that aligns with that. Um, and I've been fortunate in my time to have found DMs that are, uh, and, you know, one of them being Aaron. So Thank you. congratulations <laughs> to you on uh, making my, my mentions list. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like, and if you want to play a game of just classic D&D where it's all, like, blood, guts, sex, drugs, and violence, there are DMs out there that are like that. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. obviously that's a drastic, you know, Also just play Doom at that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of, like, what I'm getting at. And, like like I said, it's it's for everybody, and it should be for everybody. And it, it boils my blood when I walk into a game shop and I see, you know... POC sitting alone on a night where everyone's supposed to be around the table playing D&D. And, you know, I walk up and I ask, you know, hey, you know, are you here to play Magic? You know, what's going on? It's like, well, I wanted to play D&D, but, you know, they were, you know, basically just being blatantly racist. It's like, okay, well, I'm never going back to that shop again, or I report whatever the DM, whoever the DM was, and if they get to stay, then I leave. Right. And we go find a new game shop together. And I think that's how it should be, you know? Um, just, you know, lifting up those people in those moments. Yeah, because... Standing up for them at the table, you know, even right. if you're not the DM, or if you are a DM and, you know, a player's disrespecting another player, standing up for each other, I think, is how we'll get through this. And as much as I see it as a possibility that D&D players will gatekeep from Harry Potter nerds simply on the fact of they've been kind of competing franchises for a while. Right, right. Um, and that, you know, Harry Potter 
nerds have that like kind of cringy connotation to them. It, granted, D and D is also cringy, <laughs> but you know, kind of in like <laughs> the like like you know, uh, in my eyes, Harry Potter's kind of like kid cringy, and like, right. D and D is like adult cringy. So I think people could easily attempt to gatekeep it that way. Mm-hmm. But I think if people like us and hopefully our listeners take this knowledge of knowing these people are out there, they exist, they're going to gatekeep, they're going to be sexist, they're going to be racist, homophobic, transphobic, etc. And that's not okay. And we need to, like, you know, just voice it at the very least. You know, that's the least we should be doing. Right. Um, at these tables, at... At, yeah, at, it, during your play groups, you know, like there could be people that you've been playing with for five, six years and they're your closest friends, but what they're saying isn't okay. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and you want to let it go because it's like, I know he's a great guy. It's like, no, don't let it go. Um, so I guess that's that's my my soapbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um I feel like kind of along that vein, I... I mean, I wouldn't be able to give you any specific examples, but I feel like I'm familiar with people kind of saying or doing things that are not okay. Um, and then with D&D specifically, it's under a guise of like, oh, it's just a character. Like, I don't really think that. Or like, oh, no, it's just like, I, no, I don't mean it. It's like, it's role play. It's the character. I just and to it's see like, what it would be like to be a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, that doesn't make it okay, yeah. though. Like, no, that's absolutely. still that's still a line that's being crossed, even if you are just playing a character because you're the one who's deciding to play it you that way that when you don't have to. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and I see the validity, I try to see both sides in that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm like, I wanted to create a character that's absolutely not how I am. Like if you create an evil character in D and D, I sincerely hope that you're not an evil person and I'm sitting across from you at the table and you know, like I, so I get, you know, like, you know, there's, there's that desire of like, you know, you see a puppy on the street, you just kind of want to kick it. It's like, okay, well I want to make a character that would actually kick it. Just see like, you know, what would happen? I, I understand it. Right. It's like the... You know, making sure everyone at the table is cool with it, making sure everyone at the table, you know, can can function, play the game, and still have fun with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like I've been in D and D campaigns where like it was based on Nazi Germany in World War II. Obviously, there was a lot more fantasy elements because it's D and D, but there was a lot of heavy subject matter. In right. That. And you know, you have to kind of navigate that, you know, to yourself. Like, is this appropriate? Is this something that, you know, am I doing this because it furthers the narrative and it furthers, you know, the story and is, you know, good for the table, everyone's still having fun, or am I doing this just to get a rise out of someone or just to be bad, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I think that's a question that you have to ask yourself if you want to create characters like that, because I hope you're not evil. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So I guess we'll let Emily get some final comments in before we officially get started. Um... Yeah, I just. I half I expected you to look down at the paper, look up, and go, "Sexism bad, racism, racism bad." Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. <laughs> In summary, don't be a bad person. Yeah, exactly. Be nice. Um, stick it to the man. World peace. Stick it to the person. Come on. Now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Stick it to them. Stick it to them. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not that hard to not be a bad person, um, and at the very least, to show respect. Like even if you don't agree with whatever someone's bringing to the table, 
You know, you don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to be mean about it. You don't have to make them think that this community isn't for them because it is for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that at least everyone in this pod agrees on. Because even though we may not talk with, like, other people who play D&D, we are still a community who believes in the foundations of what this game is. And so we need to fight for what is right in it. You have to fight for your right to party. Anyway. <laughs> That's exactly fight where my right brain was also Fight for your right to be in a party. At. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Fight for the right to be in a party. All righty. And with that. And with that, we'll go ahead and begin getting back into the campaign. Let's see. So this is something that I do with my other campaigns, and I don't like to be the type to repeat what happened in the last session because I want to know what my players remember. Mm. So why don't one of you guys, or all three of you, fill me in on what happened in the previous episode? (laughs) I'm raising my hand. I remember things. Ah, the Um, edgy character. So, huh? I said, ah, the edgy character. (laughs) Yes. The edgy character. Me, the edgelord. Um, So... I don't remember all of the bits and details, but I remember everybody coming together at the same, like, bar. In. in. It's called The Last Drop. The Last Drop. I should be letting the note taker do this, but I wanted to show off what I remember. Um, And Hagar's, like, family owns it or whatever. But we're all at the inn, and then some, like, drunk dude comes in and was, like, collapsed on the floor. I remember he, like, pointed at me, and he was like, oh, it's you, and I don't know who he is um, yet. <laughs> we'll find out. Like, so um, I don't know who you are. And then I I remember him being escorted to a room, and that's what I've got, so... Mm. All right, anybody else want to fill yeah, so in? This is why I didn't go first, because I didn't want to flex any of my not-knowledge, because I think, like, in, in summation with Hagar, so uh, I think with, with anyone listening uh, that knows anything about, like, character sheets... Hagar has an intelligence of 10, which is above <laughs> average. However, he's actually very dumb. So I think it makes sense that I didn't remember very much because I'm playing Hagar and I myself am very dumb. Uh, I remember I bought some candy for some kitties uh, and they appreciated it. It was like some saltwater taffy oh, stuff. Yeah. And it was very cute, very, very good moment. Um, and then I vaguely remembered walking in, meeting the edgelord, being like, ah, you're edgy, and like <laughs> giving like a little quip. Uh, and then I didn't, honest to God, did not remember the dude that like face really? at all. <laughs> and then like as she was saying, I was like, oh my God, that's right. The dude put a dent in my floor with his face. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, whatever, it's whatever she said plus the taffy, and that's about all I got. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, Gwendolyn literally ran into Hagar, who dragged her back to... Oh, that's right! (laughs) (laughs) Dragged her back to the tavern to perform, where she performed, and then people were into it, I think, and then the guy burst in. didn't get run out of town. That's what's important. Yeah, yeah. The guy burst in. Um, I remember you said he looked familiar to me based on like something about his ears were like familiar because both in like the sense i recognize it and family Um, (laughs) but i have no clue what that means or who he is or where that's going so i also wrote down the name Vinny, 
I don't know Probably why. Is that his name? Was, I'm yep. Okay. Okay. Thank God. That is literally <laughs> just Vinny by itself in a line. I have no clue what that means, but Vinny. now I do. Okay. Vinny, so, bring him in. Yeah, and then um, he was taken to a room, and that's all I've got. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys really hit a lot of the major points. So, yes. yeah. So Huggard did go around uh, at the beginning, and he bought some kids some ta- saltwater taffy, made them happy. What a good guy. Uh, then Gwendolyn, uh, paying attention to whatever book or she was reading, uh, she ran into the big brute who was like a brick wall. <laughs> uh, <I'm> solid. <laughs> and he brought her to the last drop, and which is where he also met uh, Calcine. Who is the Edge Lord as he <laughs> Edge Lord Supreme? And so a little bit after, you know, Gwendolyn, she sits there, plays at the tavern, gets some people happy, motivated, and just singing along to some songs before this elven man bursts into the tavern, face plants onto the ground. He's dirtied, he's he's ratty, he's kind of just all over the place, looks malnourished, and Hagar being the nice guy that he is and also not too happy about the fact that there's now a face print in his floor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he he helps the guy out, tries to figure out what he can, but of course the illnesses and whatever else is going on with this man who they found out their, his name was Vinny. Uh, granted, his full name. I don't think I actually fully gave you... God, if it's not Vincent, I swear to God. <laughs> no. Uh, so... His, his full name, because I don't feel like I really should keep this from you guys. Okay. Uh, his name is Vinicius. Vinicius? Yeah, it's it's that a really hurts. weird name, but... Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah, I, I you know... Hey, yo, with... Vinicius. Hey, yo, Vinny. <laughs> hey, Vinny, I gotta take you to the back room. <laughs> and Yeah, so you guys literally took uh, Vinny to a room to help let him rest, get uh-huh. some food in him, and probably figure out something else. But also one thing that you guys did not mention was the fact that the uh, barkeep who was working there, he was new. Yeah. His name was that's Brian. That's why I had to go get the groceries. And he, he gave Hagar a list to get groceries. Yeah. But he had disappeared <gasps> after... <laughs> after after Hagar had told Brian him to go get to the doctor. Yeah, Brian, he's gone at the moment. And so, oh my gosh! Yeah, so that's, I gotta go find Brian. <laughs> that's kind of where we'll pick up. Brian hasn't returned with the doctor as Hagar had called him to do. Useless. <laughs> and so you know, you've now got this ratty elven man lying on a bed, you know, pot, eating some food, and you guys are kind of just circled around him, trying to possibly ask questions and figure out what's going on with him. Right. Um, Hagar is not the best at. Uh, healing people, but he knows that the doctor probably is. How long How long has it been since, like, I told Brian to go get the doctor? So, it's probably been about, at most, two hours. Okay. That's a long time to not have gotten the doctor. He it is. He's getting his pay docked. Uh, Hagar actually wouldn't do that. Hagar is too nice. Uh, Your mother, on the other my hand. My mother, on the other <laughs> hand, uh, would absolutely do that. Um, so, Hagar is gonna finally realize, like, where Brian uh, and get up and go and he's gonna head towards uh, the doctor and before he leaves he's gonna look at everybody like uh, I'm actually gonna go get the doctor because whoever I sent 
either wasn't equipped to do so or <laughs> he's trying really hard not to call Brian incompetent because right. he doesn't like being mean. But, like, Brian's being very incompetent right now. Uh, and Hogarth's basically just going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to the doctor. Uh, I'm going to go get him and bring him back here. I don't know what happened uh, with the, the guy that I sent out before, but... I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna be back soon, hopefully. Okay. So before we get to you, I'm gonna right. figure out what uh, both Calcine and Gwendolyn are doing. Um, I would very much like to try and intimidate answers out of this man as to okay. how he knows who I am. All righty. Or how he recognizes me, I guess. So go ahead and give me an uh, intimidation check. That is gonna be an eleven. Okay. <laughs> So you really try, you know, your hood's up and you're trying to get that shadow <laughs> downcast on your face. Oh, you just wind up seeming like an edgy middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you really kind of just really put on a show for him. It's more amusing than it is intimidating. Uh, he, he doesn't really say much. He kind of just eats his bread and drinks his water. <laughs> That's okay. I try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Has right. he said anything at all, or is he just still kind of out of it? Uh, so since he revealed his name, he hasn't really said much. He's kind of just focused on eating, getting himself replenished, uh, and he is a little bit out of it. I mean, he did hit his face pretty hard on that hardwood floor. <laughs> okay, Gwen's probably just staring. Like, she's she's a little, like, taken aback because she's... She's been isolated from a lot of other elves throughout her life, and right. she really only knows her dad. So I think she's trying to figure out if these features are just normal for elves or if this is something that's, like, specific to her father to where she's just kind of, like, observing and thinking really hard. Okay. Um, I'll actually go ahead and have you roll me a history. Ooh. Come on, big brain. Fourteen. Okay, so big brain. <laughs> from what you from what you can tell, and from your small amount of travels around, uh, it hasn't really been the most common thing. But you guess you can't really say that you haven't seen it. It's it's kind of hard to say. You haven't really paid attention. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll go to Hugar right quick. Yeah, let's get to the doctor. <laughs> All right. So you exit out of the tavern, and you know it's it's a modest city, really small, unnamed, as as stated unnamed before, as previously stated, <laughs> as previously stated. And so you know, kids are still playing around, and right. everything seems to be going to normal. And you start walking down, I'd say about southeast. Okay, you start going down, and it takes about I'd say two to three minutes for you to get to the dock. He's not far away. Right. And I mean, it kind of makes sense to have the doctor near the, the one tavern in town. Yeah. Drunken antics. <laughs> yeah. And so y- you know that there's really only one doctor in the town, and her name is Priscilla Van Moren. Okay. And she's, she's fairly old, probably about 50s, reaching up to her 60s. Uh, probably could human, use it. Human, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay. human. Um, definitely aging. <laughs> Probably she'd use an apprentice. And so her building, it's very clean. Compared uh-huh. to everything else, she keeps it in the utmost precision, you know. And so you walk in there, and and once more, everything seems to be even further clean, like a very deep clean of everything mm. in this place. Very bright white That's suspicious. Uh, crystal walls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and 
not many rooms, kind of just a hallway that branches off at, towards the end into about three rooms, one at the end of the hall, and then two branching out to the left and the right. All right. Um, I'm going to, like, so I, I've already entered. Uh, I guess I'm going to go to the end of the hall, and uh, I'm going to, like, look down the left and then look down the right, and, like, to both, I'm just kind of going to, like, not, like, scream, but, like, yell pretty loud, because Huggar's got a decently, like, big voice. Just like a, Priscilla! Priscilla! <laughs> All right. And he's going to make his own echo, because he thinks it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla! 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 So as you go down the hall, mm-hmm. you know, about it's probably about a 20-foot hallway. Right. And so you look to the left, the door's shut. Mm. Uh, and, but when you look to the right, it's a dark room, fairly small. looks like a storage closet of some sort. There's maybe a broom in there. It's a lot of cleaning products. Okay. Uh, and from what you can tell, there's really not much in there. Lights are off as well. Okay. is going to go into the closet. Okay, so you yeah. go into the closet. Yes. What are you doing in the closet? Uh, <laughs> looking around. <laughs> Is there okay. anything else in the closet? Uh, if you want, you can give me an investigation. Okay, cool. <laughs> Ooh, hold on. That might be sick nasty. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's intelligence-based, so I don't get a bonus, so it's 17. <laughs> okay. So, from what you can tell, looks like it's just a storage closet for cleaning supplies. There's Man, that's st- awesome. <laughs> there's <laughs> gloves in there that are... You know, the the very thick mm. leather, like latex yeah. uh, gloves that you use for deep cleans and mm. a lot of bleach and other sorts of liquids that you'd use. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, there's really nothing. Understandable. All right. Uh, well, Hugger is going to come out of the closet. Okay. I, I did all of that just for that joke. <laughs> I'm uh, so proud of that. <laughs> Congrats, Hugger. Um, yeah. Uh, he feels he feels renewed, uh, refreshed. Like, this has always been a part of him. Uh, and then he heads down the hallway towards the closed door. Uh, uh, which one? Because there's the one on the, at the end of the hall, and then yeah. there's the one okay. to the left. Uh, I'm going to say the one at the end of the hall. Okay. And he's going to, like, give, like, a little, like, very... Yeah. The, that was yeah, cool. I, yeah. uh, I don't know why that echoed, but that was sick. Hey, it was, it was beautiful, and we're not going to call attention to it from now on. <laughs> it's just something that we know. Uh, All right. But he's going to like he's gonna give that good knock. I'm going to say it echoes like that, too, because he's got big old, big old meat hands. Right. Um, and he's going to, once again, Priscilla! <laughs> so there's no response. Okay. But when you knock on the door, after about the third knock, the door creaks open slightly. Oh, this is ominous. And inside, there's what appears to be some flickering of candlelight. Not much else. And if you really look in there, you can possibly see what looks like figures. You can't really tell how many there are. Is this is this Hidden Figures, the movie about the NASA scientists? I'm kidding. Uh, okay. Um, wow, this is... This is this is crazy. Um, yeah, I guess like Hagar would assume nothing's bad that's going on because it's like his like small town. Right. He's grown up and he knows Priscilla. Um, so I'm gonna say like he like peeks his head in, uh, and just you know like he's cautious because like invasion of privacy is a real thing, and this is this is a very conservative small town, and the right to bear arms is very well protected. <laughs> uh, so he's kind of just going he's just gonna poke his head in. Uh, uh, Priscilla, are you in there? 
Still no response. But you do see one of the figures that you can kind of make out. Right. You can definitely see some movement in their head. It almost as if they look towards you. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's not terrifying at all. I'm trying to see if I have anything that would, like, cast light because I don't have any spells that do that. Um, So, like, in, like, my pack, would I... uh, No, I don't know why I would have brought a tinderbox or anything with me. Well, what type of pack do you have? Uh, I believe it's the entertainer's pack. Mm, I do not believe that. I don't think it has anything that would really let me light anything on fire, which is unfortunate. No. Um, Oh, gosh. Because, like, I don't just want to, like, go in there. Because, like, I feel like Hagar wouldn't, but at the same time, he has no reason to suspect anything bad going on. So I'm going to say Hagar just kind of, like, pushes the door the rest of the way open to let the light from the hallway inside. Okay. And see what he can see. So as you push the door open, it really just, it's almost as if the hinges have been loosened very heavily. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it swings open pretty fast. The light floods in. Okay. And... The figures that you once saw are now illuminated. There appears to be a body lying on the ground as the other figure, another figure, looms over top of it. And you can see that it's actually Brian. Brian's the one looming over them? Or yes. Or the body? Okay. Brian is the one looming over them. And he's the one who turned his head towards you. You can see that there are very evident uh, trails of tears swiping down his face. And he's mouth agape almost as if his throat has clenched and he's unable to speak i like me earlier in the episode got it (laughs) uh okay so he he very he looks very grieve ridden yes uh okay and can i see who the body is on the floor or do i have to get closer to do that it's really hard to make out so you'd probably have to get uh then i'm since it's just brian is there anyone else like standing around no okay but did i think there were before yes Noted. Mo- mostly, <laughs> mostly due to the equipment that was okay. scattered around. Uh, I'm still gonna act as though I, Hagar saw other people in there. So I guess I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna very slowly approach Brian with like my head kind of on a swivel to make sure like no one's like behind the door or behind me. Okay. So with each step you take, you get closer and closer, and the body that's lying on the ground becomes more revealed. And as you get about five steps away from it you can see that there is a pool of blood draining out from their side and a dagger is embedded deep in them Mm. they still appear to be breathing but it's very shallow and their eyes are fluttering closed a bit they still have some time left is uh, do i know who it is it is the doctor okay I i figured didn't want to assume uh so i'm going to First, uh, Hagar is going to drop to his knees and go, is there a doctor in the house? And then immediately realize that, yes, there is, however. Um, and so he's going to uh, p- try to pick her up very gently so as not to, like, further the injury. Right. Um, and, like, he's, like, start, like, making his way back to the inn in hopes that, like, someone there either knows magic or can, like, or is good enough to, like, patch up the wound because, like... Not going to lie, he's not great at that stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, like, if he tried, he might just make it worse because right. he doesn't really know if you're supposed to leave it in or take it out. Uh, and so he's going to, like, very gingerly pick Priscilla up. Um, 
and start walking away and like while he's trying to walk back to the inn like ask brian like what happened like was she like this when you got here all of like the very obvious questions that you would ask someone that's standing bereaved over a dying person right and not doing anything about it (laughs) so you gingerly lift her up and begin walking and brian follows you ask him the first couple questions and he's silent but when you get to the question of whether or not she was there lying like that when he got there he begins speaking. I, uh, she, I, I don't know. It was, there was blood everywhere. She, she tried to fix it. I, I didn't know what to do. Okay, so I'm gonna ask him again. Was she already injured when you got there? Yes. Uh, I, I didn't want to take the blade out. Uh, she told me not to. When she was still speaking, she she patched herself up as best as possible using the limited material she had at close hand. She couldn't make it all the way to her station. Okay. Um, can I make an insight check just to see if he's just being a very good liar? Uh, sure. Okay. This is probably not going to be a great insight check because I'm not good at this. Uh, 18. So he is telling the truth. He was scared I, I believe out him of his wits. Fully. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask him, do you know where her station is? Uh, it was the, the room to the left in the hallway. Okay. So I'm going to walk up to that door. And I'm going to have, I'm going to ask Brian to open the door so we can go in and get as much supplies as we can on the way back to the inn. Right. Uh, and then as soon as we have like just anything that we think might be helpful just just throw it in a bag throw it over brian's shoulder and then we're just booking it back to the inn to try to get some help okay so he goes to he reaches for the door and jangles that knob is it locked locked. oh god uh okay uh can i check her body to see if she has the key on her Yes, but I, I will... say it's body. She's still alive. So. Yeah, she, yeah, she is still alive. I guess it but still she's... is a body. It's just a living body. It's just a very, it's a very slowly dying, very body. eviscerated body. Got it. Yes. Um. I will have you make a medicine check to make sure you don't disrupt. Like, don't like just accidentally elbow the dagger yeah. while I'm like digging in her pockets. That's fair. Oh boy. I'm terrified. That's not good. Uh, that's a seven. Oh, so I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been it worse. It could. It could have been worse. It yes. also could have been much better. It really could have been much better. So you're digging oh, in her pockets, man. and uh, you kind of press down, trying to because oh, like no, you, Priscilla, you're really you're trying to stick your big meaty hand. She was like her. father to me. <laughs> You're trying to stick your big meaty hand into her pocket, and it kind of presses down on the skin, pulling at the uh, oh, area around no, the blade. No. And you see her squirm, and her eyes flutter even further. Oh, okay, you're kind of waking up. Maybe tell me where the stuff is. Uh, I'm going to see if, like, but do I find the key? Uh, yes, you do. Oh, key. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> you find the key, but you definitely like, did no, not I just, I much. just did damage. That's all I did. Uh, no, uh, okay. Um... Is she like moaning or like making any noise? Uh, it's it's like shallow gasps. Okay. Uh, well, I'm gonna give Brian the key, have him open the door, and as we go in, I'm gonna like ask her if she can tell me what we need to grab. 
Um, obviously, I'm not really expecting an answer, but, like, really hoping that, like, her last sentient thing is, like, ah, yes, there's a health potion right there. Uh, there's a health potion. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Brian scrambles, unlocks the door, mm-hmm. and pushes it open. He quickly scrambles back to the room that you guys just came from, grabs a candle, and brings it in to illuminate the way. Okay. And so as you walk in there and you ask her the question, no response. Okay. That's, that was expected, but it's still unpleasant. <laughs> yeah. So as, as you go into the room, you notice that this almost seems to be a very office-like area, but also has shelving for medicine uh-huh. and uh, what looks to be empty vials for potions, potentially, and okay. anything else that may be needed. Right, right. Okay. Um I'm gonna have Brian and I'm going to like be looking around for stuff. So like I wanna see if I can see anything that I know for a fact will help. Right. Um, granted Hagar is not adept in medicine, but like I'm sure there are like certain things like like you would know that like ibuprofen would be good if someone had a headache, you know, like that type deal. Like mm-hmm. you would know that if a potion is labeled this, it's probably pretty helpful for if you have a stab wound to the gut. Um so I guess I'm kind of frantically looking for one of those, but otherwise having Brian grab like your typical bandages, gauze, like things to feel dress a wound if worst case scenario that's what we have to do. All right. So I'm going to actually have you make another medicine check oh, uh, just because there are some things in here that do look the same as right. with a lot of medicine. Which I try to give her a mana reviving potion. It's actually just a diuretic. Um, <laughs> Cocked, but it's on 14. Well, if it's cocked, I'll let you roll again. I'd rather have the 14. (laughs) Uh, Because the second roll is a 10. Okay. So you do manage to find some stuff, uh, but there's some other things that you grab that potentially could be something else. Uh, Okay. Brian, on the other hand, he is scrambling, grabbing whatever he can. He's basically taking his arm and running it across the shelves and putting it into a bag. Okay. Okay, it's like me with with Oreos and Mountain Dew. Got it. Okay. Wait, Oreos and Mountain Dew. That's like know. a terrible combo. Hey, <laughs> don't knock it. It just makes your teeth rot very quickly. I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, as soon as we have like as much stuff as like I can even like think to grab or have Brian grab, I guess uh, I'm just I'm booking it back to the inn and like on the way I'm like shouting or I guess Hagar is shouting like you know like I need help. I need a healer, blah, blah, like lots of, lots of doctor healing words. Someone like the doctor herself (laughs) is the one that's injured. Uh, So if anyone's even like kind of good at it and I'm just like yelling like the whole way back, um, like, you know, and I think Hugger is pretty loud, but I guess, hold on, let me see. Um, I don't know. Could I, could I like use thunder wave to just like make like a very loud, like, somebody help uh i will allow you to do that yes okay then i cast thunder wave and i do that but i'm not like targeting it at anybody so no one has to take damage (laughs) so your voice booms across the kind of campus i guess you could call it of the the town the town uh and people kids adults teenagers they all look your direction as you are booking it you know with this body Unfortunately, you didn't think too hard about how jostling uh, this big oh, man no. running. But uh, I want to be gentle. <laughs> I'm a gentle giant. Yeah, so she is 
getting worse by the minute. Okay. Uh, do I notice this? Uh, not that you can tell. You are too focused on okay. getting yelling for help. Then why did you tell me? <laughs> do we hear this from the tavern? Yes, you do. You can, You hear this loud booming echo of Hagar's voice uh, asking for help. Uh, Gwendolyn's going to run out and meet them. And this is why you force people into uncomfortable situations. They become your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be like, what are, What happened? What are you doing? Hagar's uh, gonna kind of like stop because like maybe she can help. Who knows? I mean, like uh, she she got stabbed. I don't know. Wasn't there? Uh, it's just stabbed, bleeding. I need help. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cast cure wounds. Oh thank God. Okay. God bless. <laughs> I've had this the whole time, but I wasn't there, so I couldn't yeah, help no, out. Yeah, no, understandable. That's kind of why I ran back. I was like, maybe someone in this party has a heal spell. Oh, man, I feel so bad if none of you guys have heals. Yeah, she just kind of died in my arms, probably. Okay, so um, 1d8 plus 4, I rolled a 2, so that's uh, 6. Okay, so she does gain some life. Uh, color comes back to her skin a bit. She's not looking too worse for wear, but she's also still in that realm of, like, it can go one way or the other. Okay. So she's more stable than she was, but still not stabilized. Exactly. Understandable. Um, Calcine would also like to run out into the street to see what's going on. Um, and also question, is she still actively bleeding after this? Uh, there's like a small trickle coming out. Uh, instead of like a whoosh. <laughs> yeah, of like instead of like a waterfall. Is, it, is okay. the dagger still in her? Yes, very okay. much so. so. No I have good. <laughs> I have a hypothetical question for the DM. Okay. Um, could I theoretically use the cantrip produce flame to cauterize a wound? I will allow that. Yes. I, You'll allow that. I, I okay. will allow that. We'd have. To I don't know how to roll out. for that, but. Um, I I will have you roll medicine. Okay. So you don't just accidentally just burn <laughs> the shit, yeah. the ever-loving crap out of her. Ooh, <gasps> 18. Ooh That's a nineteen. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so are we gonna, gonna say like, like you like do you slowly pull the dagger? I'm out just while gonna. You do it, I'm gonna like warm up my hand and then I'm just gonna like rip it out and go for it. Like just. <gasps> You're so lucky you rolled high. <laughs> <laughs> you are very lucky. I'm gonna get it like, over with as fast as possible. She like gasps at this. She's like, oh. I think Hugger's gonna gag, actually. Like, you gasp, I gag. Like, Brian, <laughs> Brian is like the mixture of both of you, except instead of just gagging, he full on just blows chunks. Blows. Oh, yeah. no. Like he had to turn away from that. No. As as Cal, like it, you hear the audible like squelching <laughs> coming from the blade as she quickly rips it out and places her oh hand gosh. on the on the wound, and. Uh, Priscilla screams in agony. Understandable. <laughs> Have a nice day. Listen, does it work though? Yes, does it does. stop it, the bleeding. It, it, it does stop the bleeding. Okay, uh, lovely. God. Just there's a nice. There's and, nice that, was, that was a good burn. <laughs> yeah, that's a very nice burn. It's a nice hand printed burn so on her side. From from Gwendolyn's perspective, she hasn't met you yet, yeah. so it's just we have no context coming up. You were being randomly just, edgy, and now you just like just <laughs> you just brand someone with your handprint. Oh my gosh. There will be time to explain Hunter later. I'm still holding her while all this is happening. So I, I'm going to say he gags not only from like the visual, but like the scent of burning flesh. Oh yeah. It's yeah. Like, crisp. It's, yeah. uh, it's got to be kind of grody. Oh, absolutely. Gwendolyn is now also nervously kind of looking around at the children nearby. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about the children. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, luckily, uh, the children that were there seem to have ran off and searched for help themselves. Good. So, no children good. witnessed the horrible display that you guys decided to put <laughs> out in good the kids. Hey, I stopped the, town. the bleeding at least. <laughs> we until the tavern. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in the street. Yeah, you guys just She like, was bleeding out. We had to do something. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, look, I I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> but I also it's, your, it's your methods that I question. <laughs> Hogar doesn't really question it. He's just kind of like, <laughs> Okay. So, you've now got oh a cauterized Priscilla uh, in your hands, in your arms. Brian, he's a... Uh, it's not looking too happy right now. Poor uh, Gwendolyn's questioning reality. <laughs> and Calcine is sitting here with a bloody dagger in her hand. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna tell Calcine to, like, hide. Okay, Hagar's going to say, like, you should probably hide that before people get ideas and, like, reference towards the dagger and the recent stab wound victim. Uh, and I'm going to take Priscilla to the inn and because it's closer than her place right and i'm gonna like go to another room that's vacant and just kind of lay her down on the bed uh, i mean she's the doctor i assume that she's like taken care of me before so this is kind of returning that favor i guess yep uh and just kind of like set her up in bed put like a, a cold washcloth on her head um i'm i'm assuming she's conscious at this point yeah she, i mean she she's a little out of it conscious uh, right you know? but like she can talk yeah um i'm not gonna immediately start quizzing her because like that's kind of messed up i'm gonna like kind of let her regain her strength and just like kind of let her rest and finish the healing process right yikes <laughs> so so as you're doing that uh some footsteps uh they're kind of very slow paced uh, they come up behind you and kind of just stop in the doorway. Uh-huh. And, and so as... as <laughs> yes, it is It is Vinny, actually. Okay. Uh, he, he's looking a lot better. I mean, still not the best that he could be, but he's definitely fed. Uh, he, he's got some fluids in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a bit of rest. Okay. Uh, uh, can, I, can I make a check? And you can tell me what kind because you're, you're up to you. I want to see if on anywhere on him he has, like, a dagger holster that's missing a dagger. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Uh, Like, it's a very blatant thing to look for, but, like, I think Hagar is simple-minded enough and also just, like, it makes enough sense for him to be like, okay, new guy comes into town, all of a sudden doctor got stabbed. And was also this guy was also in bad shape, so it wouldn't be far-fetched for him to have visited a doctor before coming to the inn. I'm gonna yeah. So I'm looking. Okay. I'm looking for an empty, empty dagger uh, holster. All right. Or whatever um, you want to call it. Give me perception. Okay. Let's see if I add anything to my perception. Of course not. Nat twenty. Okay. <laughs> so the answer's no. gonna be no, and I'm gonna have wasted this crit. <laughs> but oh well. Uh. So yeah. Unfortunately, the answer is no. He does not have any. It doesn't look like he has any. Weapon holsters. Like no weapons, no, no weapon holsters. No weapon holsters, no weapons Dang. on him. I mean, I guess good, because like, that puts my mind at ease that he probably wasn't the one that did this, accompanied with the fact that he was barely conscious himself moments ago. Right. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, does he 
does he speak to me or does he just kind of stand there like a weird little Italian man? <laughs> also, how, how tall is Vinny, by the way? Uh, Vinny is a, about six foot. Okay, so he's still much shorter than Hagar, but so is everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Hagar's a big boy. Very tall. Very, very tall big boy. I'm yeah. compensating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Vinny, he kind of opens his mouth to speak before uh-huh. he closes it and just turns away. <laughs> Ooh, I want to cuss so bad. Uh, okay. Uh, Hagar is going to be like, can I help you? Like, <laughs> And so as, as he kind of turns away and he's about to take a step and then you ask him the question, he stops, turns back to you, and he finally begins speaking. Thank God. <laughs> I thought he went mute. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately not. Let's uh, let's see here. How did how did that happen? I would love to know because all of a sudden you show up, very worse for wear, face plant into my floor. Which, by the way, when my dad sees that, he's gonna freak. Uh, Then I go to get a doctor for you, and the doctor's got a big old stab wound in her gut. So. Forgive me if I'm not a little bit suspicious that all of a sudden new guy comes in, kind of shady, no offense, but like, look at ya, uh, and then, you know, doctor's hurt, and then now you're all up and about and fine. Mm, I, I get what you're saying. Um, it is very, <coughs> it is very... You need cons- some water, bud? <laughs> I'm fine at the moment, just a long time in the desert. But I, I don't like sand. <laughs> <laughs> it's rough, it's coarse. <laughs> You're doing and it gets everywhere. So. Okay, obligatory prequels reference out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is very suspicious that I come here and then immediately following the doctor um, is, well, incapacitated. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I don't know what you expect me to say here. Well, I don't know what you expect me to say, because you asked me how this happened, and all I did was find the... I opened the door to make sure she's alive, and then shut it. Almost body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I understand. It's, it's odd for sure, but I figured maybe you had seen the person who had done this i gotta be honest the only person that was there was brian and i get the vibe that like he couldn't even hurt a small chicken if he tried right but from my experiences even the smallest and weakest minded it seems i was gonna say the smallest and weakest minded (laughs) of chickens i swear (laughs) (laughs) seem to have the strongest commitment to things so i'm not trying to accuse anybody here i mean yeah i i don't think anyone should be pointing fingers right now because someone definitely pointed a dagger and we see how that turned out uh but you know i there's a few people that just you know came in town today so that's suspicious that's weird uh, <laughs> um, and I'm just gonna, uh, 
be like, uh, you know, if if Brian did any of this, then he is a more skillful liar than I've ever come across, and it wasn't, or it wasn't of his own free will. Okay. Uh, well, you say that many others <coughs> came into town today. I suggest this includes me as well. You bring us all together and we figure things out, I guess. Yeah, you seem almost suspiciously down for this, but okay, I'll play your game. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of go down to like the tavern area where I assume these two still are. I don't mean to speak for you. I... I imagine that we're just like sitting across from each other at a table, just like no words spoken. <laughs> Actually, I would like, like while they were having that conversation, can I do something? Sure. Um, so I would like to look for any kind of like identifying information on the dagger, like any like personalization on the hilt or like an inscription or an engraving or like anything like that. There's definitely DNA on it. <laughs> There's uh, definitely there. DNA on it. I mean, um, yes, but... Yeah, so give me investigation. That's Oof. so bad. That's a six. Uh, for the most part, that um. it looks like a pretty nice dagger. <laughs> okay. It's pretty, it's pretty spicy. It's a pretty sick cool. dagger, my guy. It's a pretty sick, sick dagger. Nasty. Do okay. some tricks with it. Cool. That worked really well. That was all I wanted to do. <laughs> okay. okay. Is there anything you want to do before I come downstairs, I guess? No, okay. she's just she's just still thinking about what's happened today. <laughs> yeah, I, that's fair enough. Uh, it's been an eventful like thirty minutes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, no kidding. Yeah, so I guess I'm gonna come down. I'm gonna like uh, gesture for Vinny to sit at the same table that these two are at, and uh, I assume that this town has a sheriff or some sort of police force. Yeah, something like that. Okay, uh, then I will probably go to them. Right. Because, you know, Hagar trust cops for some reason. Cops. Uh, um, yeah, so I guess Hagar is going to look at Brian, who I assume has now regained his post as bartender, um, I'm assuming. Uh, he's not doing a very good job of oh, it, but I, yes, I, he I, has. I assume he's shell-shocked at the moment. And I'm going to tell them to keep an eye on the three of them. And if they move, um, just just fight like you're 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 a rabid chicken, man. Because uh, they're not allowed to leave. And I'm gonna go and go to go to find the sheriff or equivalent police force of the town to bring them here and tell them the story. Well, the good news is you don't have to go far. Yeah, because town, they, 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 it is a small town, and, and there are plenty of witnesses. There's plenty of witnesses. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, he kind of followed you then, and also the last yeah. drop is kind of a frequent place that they uh-huh. like to go. Uh, so they're kind of at just. Oh man, do I run a cop bar? I wouldn't say you run a cop bar. Oh, it's more God. just like it's a bar that like that like everyone has to go to because it's like the only one. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Mm. So at you... the chug. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> So, so you see uh, what appears to be a stoutly uh, dwarven man, <laughs> kind of just t- trying to hop up on this stool that is comes not... up to like my knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he he is uh, trying to get onto a stool I'm at the moment. Lift at, him up at, and put him on the stool. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 
Thank you. Honestly, I think if you're like if you're a dwarf, I think like you either get really offended by that stuff or you just kind of accept the help. He, it's, he's it's just, one way or the other. I mean, he looks like he's seen quite a bit, so he's he's probably just used to it at this uh, point. But well, now he has a stool. <laughs> yeah, so now he's he's on a he's on a stool uh, at at the actual bar. Right, and he's got some brownish hair, but there's definitely streaks of gray coming in. Uh, his beard is, you know, as most dwarvens keep, pretty long and decorated with some jewels and commodities that they find. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, is this is this like the detective or like the sheriff? Or... This is this is really the only police force. Okay. In town. So <laughs> it's just this one guy. I'm gonna call him sheriff. Uh, wait, like, uh, sheriff. This is this is what happened. I'm gonna give him like the laydown of like, um, you know, Mister What's His Face coming into town and Vinny, uh, and like face planting into my floorboard. I'm going to show him the dent in my floorboard, um, and like kind of like glare side eye at Vinny when I show him <laughs> that. Just like son of a biscuit. Son um, of a biscuit. Uh, like my mom's gonna whoop me for that. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, like the story of like you know like sent Brian to go get the doctor and then Brian, you know, after not coming back for like well over an hour, I went out after him, found him pretty immediately standing over uh, Priscilla's body. Uh, however, like he looked like, you know, he was like shell shocked when he, when I got there and like relay the information that like, I think that he's not the one that did it because one, he told me and I trust him. And two, it was just like very much like I believed that he was just in utter shock right. at the situation. Uh, and then relay the rest that he's probably already heard because he definitely heard me when I ran through the village trying to get help. Uh, I include that um, both of uh, both Gwendolyn and I'm sorry, I can never remember. Calcine. Calcine. Gosh. That Gwendolyn and Calcine uh, <laughs> did also help um, through varying degrees of agreeable methods, um, but they did make an effort to help uh, despite having just come into town today. Uh, and I kind of like explain like the reason that I have all three of them there is because I know they all came into town today, and it's a little bit suspicious to me that like new people come in all of a sudden like an icon in the town gets stabbed. Stabbed. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's uh, very interesting. What what do you say we go have a talk with him? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. You you lead. <laughs> he, he shuffles off and just like a little hop down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very much just so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he. And he, uh, in his very <laughs> slow dwarf, dwarven walk, he makes he his way over. Waddles. Yeah, he kind of waddles over waddle to the away. table. And uh, he sets his mug down in front of uh, Calcine, Gwendolyn, and Vinny. Can I ask what's in his mug? Is it is it mead? Is it ale? Is it at the moment? It's nothing, considering he didn't get his drink yet. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I'm gonna go behind the bar and uh, get like a pitcher of ale and, yeah. and fill his mug because right. he deserves it. And as soon as the as soon as that foam begins to slosh over the side, he immediately places it to his lips and takes about half of it down in record time. Dude, I feel that. 
going to be me in about two hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe you'd commit to such adultery. I'm 21, leave me alone. <laughs> Hagar isn't, though. What's legal drinking age? Don't, probably reaching the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Based, I mean, it's kind of it's it's like German rules around these parts. <laughs> as, as long as you can reach that bar, you're solid. As long as the color of your money is right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, I, I, I give him the floor to speak to, uh, the, the, the strangers. So yeah, he actually, like, he doesn't say anything for quite some time. It's literally, he uses the mug slamming down as an intimidation method. Good for him. Are you guys intimidated? Gwendolyn just goes, hello, sir. (laughs) I'm unintimidated. I just kind of am sitting there watching everything quietly. Okay, you're so edgy. Uh, do you still have the dagger out? Come no. On. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. Just like, hey, look at the No. I have um Where did you, tucked that away. Yeah, where'd you Okay, I was going to say like did you just leave it on the table? <laughs> nah, nah. I'm holding on to that, but I tucked it away. That's That's uh, what we're going to go with. She's a klepto too. <laughs> well, my esteemed colleague here, he, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Hogar is so happy, now he's a deputy. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me about, uh, your guys' arrival in the town. So why don't you tell me a bit about yourselves? Backstory episode! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you can give it as much or as little as you want. Okay, I'll talk first. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I just, I'm just here. I don't, I'm just wandering, honestly. I, I graduated school, and now I'm on my own, and it's fun. I haven't been on my own before, so this is really fun. But, um, yeah, I, this was one of the closest towns, I guess, that I've came to. I'm just, I'm just going through. So you're new to town, huh? Yeah. A likely story. Oh, Hogar like. slams his hands down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's just, Hogar is now his esteemed colleague. So like now he's now he's been given that affirmation that now he's a deputy. So <laughs> as soon as Hogar's hand, hands slam the table, first off, everyone goes silent in the tavern because that's a loud <laughs> slam. He got meaty hands. He's got you got some meaty hands, uh, but also uh, Vinny. Quivers. <laughs> like, those are some big hands and some awfully mean words. <laughs> Gwendolyn is just like, she has wide eyes because she, her first interaction with this guy was watching him give children candy. And now, like, <laughs> this is very opposite. <laughs> I like to think that it's like also very obvious that like this is a character that Hagar is playing. Like, he yeah. just snapped into it as soon as he heard colleague from. <laughs> From uh, the detective or sheriff, whatever you want to call him, so it's just like I'm playing. I'm playing crime fighter now. <laughs> yeah. So I'll actually quickly go ahead and give you the the guy's name since I forgot to. Okay. Uh, so his name is actually uh, Theo. Uh, he doesn't Sick. really give his last name out. Okay, makes sense. I don't, I don't know why that makes sense, but it makes sense. It, it, he, he's he's kind of secretive about his last name, you know, dwarven lineages and all that sort of uh, stuff. He had a bad dad. 
bad dad. As as soon as Hagar does like his his acting moment, uh, she's gonna be like, I um, I I have notes. I, I keep I keep a journal and I keep notes of places that I go. So if you want to see them to prove that I'm not lying, I can give them to you. Uh, Hagar's gonna look over the text. Like, boss, I think this one's just a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> First off, I'm not your boss. But you say colleague. We're colleagues, <laughs> not partners. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, miss. Uh, you said you come into town. Fresh-faced on your own in the world, huh? Yes. A lot of people, evil people, may want to come at you. Maybe self-defense. Maybe you just don't like people. I know, I know self-defense. My, my dad taught me self-defense. I have a sword. A sword? Yes. Really? Uh-huh. Why don't you go ahead and show me the sword? She literally has the sword, like, strapped to her side. <laughs> She's like, it's like, right uh... here. <laughs> it's just, it's it's a sword that her dad gave her, you know, before she left for school. It was like, protect yourself. She just goes, it's your standard plus one long sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> standard, so why don't you back off? <laughs> it's your standard, like, uh, Excalibur. It's kind of, it's kind of like... The equivalent of, like, a parent giving their child pepper spray before they go off to college now. Right. It's like Makes he, sense. He, taught her, he taught her how to use it and, like, trained her a little bit on it and was like, all right, you're good to go. Now, tell me, you ever had to use that on anybody? No, not really. I mean, I, I've only been out of school for, like, six months. I haven't seen much yet. Right. We'll come back to you. What about you, Miss Shady? <laughs> you just call her Eminem. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Because <laughs> I'm a real shady. That's going to oh be my, my new God. code name. i got to change my character now. Yeah, Hang on. Your, my um, character's new name is Slim Shady. Um, okay, so I'm just going to kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. I travel for work. I was just passing through looking for jobs. Hagar once again. A likely story. Give me a performance check. One hundred percent, you may have a performance check. Hold on, let me pull up my thing. Oh my god! Please tell me it's just like a nat one or something. Uh, well, it's that plus my performance, which gives me. Uh, so. 19. Oh. Hagar, man, he is. <laughs> He's Actually, in character. Oh, likely story. And I like I make direct eye contact. He he went. Are your eyes like yellow or something? Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yes. He meets that yellowy gaze. Uh, and so I'll say this much: uh, that yellowy gaze that you that you, those yellow eyes that you saw on him when you guys first met happens again. Hmm. But he's directly on you, and you're more intimidated about the fact that he went from this himbo to this bad cop. Does anyone else notice the yellow eyes or is that just them? Uh, you can give me a perception check if you want. Like. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, okay, so that's that's a 12. Mm, you don't really notice anything. Okay, that, that performance was just so good. I'm just, yeah, I was shocked. You're terrified. I studied at Juilliard, actually. <laughs> <laughs> can I, like, Call him out on his eyes changing. If you want to, do whatever Just you want. Be like, you know, 
Oh, how do I? I need to think of words first. Wait. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just be like, why do you keep changing your eyes to match mine? What is that? That's kind of suspicious if you ask me. Hagar's uh, gonna kind of recoil, and I I want to say like when he blinks, his eyes go back to like his usual blue. Oh, absolutely. Um, and he's like, "What are you talking about?" Because because he has no idea what you're talking about. If you would like, you can give me an insight. Insight. It's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> I also apologize. Oh, <laughs> That's gonna suck. That is a whole um three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe it, maybe you missaw something. You don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna kind of go quiet and let it slide. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stay vigilant. I'm gonna Hagar's gonna look over like Chief. Now she's accusing me of things. She might have a guilty conscience. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I'm not your chief. You ain't my deputy. Oh. Hagar's kind of just gonna deflate a little bit. Like, oh. Hey, but don't worry, big guy. He pats your thigh. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he can't reach my shoulder. His arms are like this big, and for our listeners, my arms are very close together. <laughs> oh my gosh. If it's any consolation, I do consider you a good old pal. Yay. <laughs> I'm not a cop. <laughs> okay. But you do got a point. You seem kind of suspicious in not only your actions, but the fact that you're questioning others when this is about what you've been up to. So you say you got work, huh? You're looking for work. Maybe perhaps you go into some a line that involves some even shadier misfortunes for some people. Was this one of those moments? <laughs> I operate under very specific contracts and I'm Unable to provide specific information about the nature of my employment. Right. Contracts. I can. I call them license to kill. <laughs> okay. So, you either tell me now, or you are gonna go in the slammer. <laughs> Am I intimidated by that? That's the gay um, <laughs> um, Let's see. Let's see here. I'll, I'll use my. I'll use this one. No. Okay. <laughs> this feels like an empty threat. <laughs> it, feels, it does feel like an empty threat. It's kind of hard to arrest and detain someone when they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, he, he can't really convict you of anything. You're just super shady. <laughs> and besides, he's slim. he's like at most three and a half feet tall. Like he's he's a short dwarf. Not, not yeah, dwarf. He's short even in for in like dwarf standards. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's pretty big around though. He's he's nice and stout, uh, and uh, you know you've definitely got legs over him, <laughs> so you can easily just like outstep him. Just step over his head. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna respond again, and I'm just gonna say, I assure you, my contracts are legally sound, but I can't give you any more information. Is anybody else going to give me? A likely story. <laughs> <laughs> one more. Let's see if Hagar can keep up. Oh, another performance? Yeah, okay. let's see if he can keep it up. Uh, yeah, that's even better than last time. That's okay, in the 20s. Dude, yeah, so uh, I'll say from here on out until the end, Hagar is full in character. He's a bad cop. He's a whole bad cop. Uh, and so he slams his hands down on the table. The table 
is bending, yeah. warping. It is not liking what's going strong. on. <laughs> if this was a mimic, uh, will it'd you be just angry be, about it, it. it'd be angry? <laughs> it'd be angry. Okay, so do you do Does anything as as don't give us anything? I. That that's all. I operate under straight contracts. Okay, that's all. Uh, Huggers be like, what would I hire you for if I'm gonna hire you? I I'm unable to disclose that information. Wow, you're really bad at promoting your business. <laughs> the people who need to know know, and the people who don't don't. What if we're the people who need to know? I can assure you, you're not. Oh my god. <laughs> Should I disclose my nature of employment for the listener's sake, or... Uh, no. I think no? This, I think it's more fun if you don't. Yeah, it's okay. more fun if you don't. But also, do go ahead and give me a deception. Deception? Yeah. I have proficiency in that. Um, oh, no, you're, so, you're so screwed. So that's a seven. <laughs> a likely story. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does like Does he kind of like mimic me too? He like kind of like hits the table, but like not near as hard because his hands are tiny. Oh okay, God. just it's like a little. It's like if a three-year-old was trying to like mimic like a cop. Exactly. A likely story. A likely story. Now, I'd say we're the right people for employment, so you can go ahead and tell us. Jinkies. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to do this in a way that's not going to get me arrested. <laughs> oh no! Um, <laughs> that's terrifying, Mom. I mean, there's many, there's many things you could do. I will say, I mean, there's a lot of things. Truly, uh, options are limitless. Okay, I will disclose that. The nature of my employment tends to be a bit aggressive, but if you need to see past contracts as evidence that I was not assigned here, then that can be arranged. That sounds wonderful. So Hagar is not smart enough to think of this, but Sam is. Um, wouldn't like past contracts have like no holds, like no hold over like what you're doing for your current or future contracts i mean yeah like, uh, i don't know how smart this sheriff guy is but like now i i will say though uh perhaps maybe she's under an employment where like she's not like a loose cannon where she's got like an overhead mm-hmm. and then uh those contracts are all kind of in from the same group just different mm. people who require her assistance maybe it's something like that understandable who knows? have a nice day Okay. Uh, yeah, so I, I, it looks like you're showing us your contracts. Or I guess him. I, I don't know if Hagar's allowed, but he's going to try to peer over the shoulder. Yeah, um, so I'm just going to, like, uh, like go into my bag and, like, pull out my most recent, like, contract form to show, like, all right, look, this is where I'm headed for my next job. I wasn't supposed to be doing anything here. This is all I can give you. Okay, so what is the contract for besides going to a specific place? Okay, so it might or might not be... Yeah, I might or might not be tasked with assassinating someone, but that is neither here nor there. Um, What is your alignment? That's not important. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a very good question. I don't remember. (laughs) So is it just, like, you guys seeing the paper, or is is it just, like, on the table for everyone to see? Uh, That's up to her. I'm just going to show it to the detective cop whatever guy. Hogar is going to try to peer over his shoulder, which should be very easy. Uh, he's tiny. Oh, no. he, he, all you have to do is like turn your head. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just have to like look downwards. Uh, mm. So can Hagar read it? Um, what languages do you know? It would be kind of funny know? if Hagar couldn't read though. <laughs> um, common, dwarvish, and giant. Okay. So this is actually in Elvish. Son of a biscuit. <laughs> so you would not read it. It looks like a bunch of scribbles. Wait, I don't even know Elvish, though. You don't? I thought you did. No, I know oh, common, primordial, and thieves can't. Well, then we'll have it in... Uh... <laughs> like thieves can't make sense. Yeah, thieves, thieves can't make... It's kind of th- shady. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shady enough. And I feel like as a cop, he still would know. As a detective, know. you would probably learn... Some of it. Yeah. Probably not the entire thing. Product of your environment. Type beat. Now, I don't know what kind of hooligans you're in with, but this seems like heavy evidence. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Listen, the dates show that it's not anything related to this town, so this is the best evidence that I have that I am unconnected to anything here. Right. A likely story. A likely story! <laughs> <laughs> um, well... She actually, you know, she did heal, she did heal the doctor, so if she was going to do anything to the doctor, why would she heal the doctor again? Nah, see. Hagar had Yeah, what she said. She makes a good point. <laughs> I don't believe it. What exactly did she do to You're right, I don't heal believe it. <laughs> the doctor? Uh, oh, she, no. she cauterized the wound. Right, and what type of wound was this? Is a stab wound? Really? Now, what happened to the blade? How guys gonna look around like, oh yeah, where did that thing go? <laughs> God, gonna... you look so guilty right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm trying to be the good moral citizen, so I'm gonna take it out of where I put it in my stuff and I'm gonna just Does this like, still have the blood on it? Like <laughs> I would like to think that I cleaned it off yeah, before I put like, it away. If, if it did, then like pulling out the contracts from before there's just a good chance that the blood got all over those. <laughs> okay. So I mean I will say you probably did clean off the blade beforehand. And so That's destruction of evidence. <laughs> So, Do you think that these people have DNA tracking? <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna like pull it out of my bag and be like, I still was holding on to it from when I pulled it out of her, but this was the weapon, and I'm gonna like hand it over. He's gonna take it, and he's gonna give it a look over. I was gonna look at him like, yep, that's the dagger. <laughs> <laughs> Now, he, he looks it over for not long, literally maybe a couple seconds at most, before he turns to you and goes, This could have been poisoned. Who's to say you didn't poison her? Pull out the knife and then patch up the hole to where the poison is free to roam. Because that other chick did a magic thing. I <laughs> So that would have fixed poison, right? <laughs> 
Yes. I I does cure wounds cure poison? I no. have no uh, idea. It I don't think it's in the description. I can check. Uh, I don't this think it, I, the, the only the only one the only healing like spell that I can think of that does that is lay on hands at the moment, and that's just off the top of my head. Oh. Um, and even then, you have to use five points of lay on hands. Uh, no, it's just a regain of hit points. Oh. Okay. That's unfortunate. <laughs> that um, is unfortunate. Strike that from the record. <laughs> um. Well, Gwendolyn's still gonna be like, sh- she's gonna say. Um, well, my hi, my name is Gwendolyn. We haven't really been introduced, but like, hello, it's nice What's to meet popping? you. Also, <laughs> um, speaking of like lasting effects, is anyone actually with her right now? Is she still doing okay? Uh, Hagar is <laughs> gonna be like, one moment, and gonna like run to go like check on her, see if she's like still breathing. Okay. So you go, you run up the stairs, open up the door. She's asleep. She's breathing. Things are going good. Okay. Um, I'm going to go up to her, and I'm going to kind of, like, shake her shoulder a little bit, see if I can wake her up. She's out of it pretty well. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go to the top of the stairs and yell for Brian. <laughs> I don't... I don't Brian! Even, <laughs> you're not even sure what happened, but, like... Brian, like, he's still shell-shocked, uh-huh. but, like, he's almost like a uh, puppy who has been trained to heal when they hear their name. Yeah. So he comes booking. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna say, Brian, you're going to go in there. You're going to sit at the edge of her bed. If she wakes up or if someone else tries to come in the room, you're going to scream my name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he does just that. I, I give him a pat on the head. He is... Very short to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just he's, he looks up at you inquisitively and just nods. Oh, uh, like a puppy when they tilt their head. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna go back downstairs uh, and be like, uh, "Yeah, she's she's stable. I have someone watching her." And fail to mention that I didn't have someone watching her in the first place because that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but something Hagar would do. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in and say, okay. So not only is she stable, but also if that had been my intent in the first place, I wouldn't have even needed to remove the dagger or cauterize the wound. Your argument lacks solid footing. I think you're just a shady piece of work that came waltzing into my town, thinking they're all the business. This is very true, but I'm not responsible for the injury to this woman. That remains to be seen. For now, you're a prime suspect. Lovely. Anyway. And then there was Vinny. <laughs> and then there's Vinny. <laughs> yeah, Vinny's been awfully quiet this whole time. True. <laughs> What's your deal? Uh hobo (laughs) (laughs) Uh, actually that might be considered offensive Uh, I think other homed person might be more more uh, acceptable you're right you're right what's your deal other homed person (laughs) Gwendolyn is ready to write like a buddy comedy song about these two. <laughs> 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 I 
Well, uh, well, you see, I just came into town. I've, I've been running. Came from the kingdom of Galardoth up to the to the northwest. It's, a, it's across the sands, you see. That's why I look so disheveled. <clears throat> uh, it's, uh, it's been a long process for me. Point. A likely story. <laughs> Give me intimidation. <laughs> uh, this might actually be really good because I'm good at that. Uh, okay, that's twelve. Twelve. <laughs> uh, he he. Vinny definitely, you know, takes like a, a jump back in his seat. Uh, but he he's like a little intimidated, like not fully. But, like, there is some just, like... like there's a little bit of poop in his pants, but, like, he didn't fully... I, I'd say there's, like, a head. Okay, okay. It's peeking. Yeah, it's, it. it's peeking. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kay. Okay. Does Gwendolyn recognize the place at all? Because she's still, like, suspicious of him. Uh, give me a history. Big brain, big brain. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> Medium-sized brain. <laughs> ten? Uh... I mean, you recognize the name as a kingdom. Uh, besides that, okay. nothing, nothing too much. Okay. Um, Hagar is going to remember when he like busted and like went like you to uh to my Ganassi friend here, and be like, why, why, why that? Why, why you point and go you? And I'm gonna point at him so he knows how it feels to get pointed at. It's very rude. <laughs> Now, now that's a that's fairly rude of you to point that massive finger at me. Yeah, can I feel just good, like does stand it? up and be like, "How do you think I feel?" Like... <laughs> I was gonna turn the point, like, "You sit down. You're still a suspect. You're not out of this yet." <laughs> Bad cop gang. <laughs> I guess I was mistaken. Must have been the. Hallucinations from dehydration. I was gonna lean in. Are you on drugs? You can tell me. I, I won't judge you. I don't even know where to get drugs. Oh, uh, well, you see, Brian knows a guy. <laughs> 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 Brian's a local hit. Brian, Brian knows the plug. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's the fixer. <laughs> yeah. Now, you say you come from. Galardoth, right? Uh, yes, that's that's true. Well, my thinking is that's a ways away. So what are you doing down here in this middle of nowhere town? Well, um, I guess you could say I wanted to sightsee. I don't like the way he said that. <laughs> uh, Hagar's gonna like look around at the very plain town that he is in uh, and be like, "What? What? What kind of sights? Any sights? Anything outside of Galardoth? Been there my whole life? That's that's quite literally the rest of the world. But okay. <laughs> Gwendolyn is just nodding. She's like, "I feel you. I get that." Yeah. See, she understands. Yeah. 
Oh, don't leave that one alone. <laughs> Hagar would not say that. I'm leaving that alone. Okay. Is anybody else gonna do anything? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's much else to do. Uh, as far as like what Hagar can do, other than like try to intimidate people into confessing to attempted murder. <laughs> uh, I think Hagar is probably gonna go get his mom so that she can like bartend. Oh yeah, where was she this whole time? Oh, she was she was still in her room yeah, doing finances and all that yeah, stuff. So <laughs> be like, uh, I'm just gonna go up to her room, knock, and be like, "Hey, mom, we need a bartender right now because Brian's watching the doctor because the doctor got stabbed." <laughs> like she 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 doesn't even say anything. She just opens up the door, and walks past you, and she's like, "Of course." <laughs> it's like it's like this is like run of the mill for her. Yeah, I like how she presumably heard like her son like calling for help in the streets. I did. And it's just Nothing. <laughs> Typical mom. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> no, my oh. mom's great. <laughs> I mean, her, his mom, she's a lovely lady, but, you know, sometimes work needs to be done. Yeah. This is valid. Girl boss. Exactly. Okay. So. Uh, so now that she's back bartending and whatnot, I don't know what else Hagar can do. <laughs> Other than just intimidate people. Uh, Hagar's going to go up and he's going to go talk to Brian again. Because hopefully Brian's calmed down enough to where he can actually, like, explain what happened. And also see if uh, Priscilla's woken up at all yet. Okay. So, as you get up there and you creak open the door, uh, you can note, you, you see Brian quickly turn his head to see who's coming in. Because he's very on edge. And uh, you see Priscilla's eyes flutter open. Whoa. Olo. <laughs> Hugger, is that you? I don't know how many other six, five big old dudes I have to duck in the doorway there are in this town. <laughs> Something happened. I, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to you wanna tell me about it? Uh, I, I can't really remember too much. That's convenient. I was stabbed, Hagar. What? Oh, oh, you oh. remember that, though? <laughs> of course I remember that. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's just chill. Uh, I mean, I obviously I want to ask if you remember who stabbed you, but given the fact that you're not immediately telling me... Well, I, I do remember some. They... Was it Brian? Did he do this? Brian, I swear to God. Brian's a sweetheart. Leave him alone. But okay. <laughs> but yes, ma'am. <laughs> the, the person who, who had the blade, they were wrapped in a dark cloak, and their skin almost seemed to be a red. Oh, no. Huh. Interesting. Uh, any other features? Not that I can see. A male, see. female... Yellow eyes. It was hard to tell. Kind of like a Sith, whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know what a Sith is. <laughs> exactly, me neither. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, did they look edgy? Like I know dark cloak means edgy. Like you know. They they sulked in the shadows. So yes. Ah okay. Ah uh, ah. Uh, this is very incriminating. Unfortunate. Uh were they? Did they? Did they feel warm at all? Like person. Like, okay, okay, but like, like, was there a warmness emanating from them? I, I don't know. I can't really remember that much. Ah, okay. Well, I'm gonna go downstairs and tell the detective 
Uh, also, if you check your side, you got one of the, like the biggest five stars of all time. And then I'm gonna like shut the door <laughs> and go downstairs. Okay. So, uh, you, so you shut the door, you go downstairs, and uh, you can just see um, Theo literally just eyeing every single person he's just at the eyeing table. Eyeing them each, <laughs> just going back and forth. He's giving them the silent treatment. Okay, I'm gonna go up to uh, the detective and I'm gonna lean down and I'm gonna whisper. Uh, what I was just told into his ear, which probably means I have to get down like on my knee uh, to like, cause I don't think I can bend down low enough. <laughs> um, and just like, I'm just gonna drop to my knee, which would probably almost put me at ear height for him and just whisper to him like, uh, she said that the attacker had like red skin and was in a dark cloak and was very edgy. Do with that information what you will. <laughs> I think that is incriminating evidence I think I've ever heard. Thank you, Hogar. I do my best. I You're a great day. partner. Yes! <laughs> Hogar tries to hide his excitement because this is a serious moment, but like he goes and he, he goes up to his mom and says, Mom, I'm a deputy. <laughs> I, say, I didn't say I'd make you a deputy. Ah, son of a... <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, now, Miss... What was your name again? Calcine. Calcine. Now, our doctor just recently woke from her issues, if that's the way you want to put them. Impromptu nap time. <laughs> Impromptu nap time. <laughs> and, well, she had some interesting things to say about the person who did this to her. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Red skin. Cloak thrown over their body. As Hagar put it, edgy. Okay. Um, first and foremost. <laughs> I, okay, I, sh I should not make that joke. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. Easy there, killer. Okay. <laughs> oh, stop. Okay. I would like to say I should have realized this so much sooner, but I have an alibi because I've been here at this tavern with Hagar and the Bard for the last several hours, so there's no possible way that I could have left and stabbed this woman and come back without anyone noticing me, all while still being present at the bar. My name is Gwendolyn. I'm sorry. Hi, Gwendolyn. Uh. <laughs> I'm bad with names. She doesn't meet a lot of people. <laughs> I've met like four people this year. I and they're apologize. all dead. Um, I'm honored <laughs> to be one of them. I sat at a table drinking and chatting with Hagar for quite a significant amount of time. So how could I have been here and also there? It wasn't me. I have an alibi. I have witnesses. A likely story. Oh, my God. <laughs> A likely story. <laughs> this just... time he hits the bar because he didn't leave the bar yet. He just hears it. A likely story. And as you, as, as Hunger slams his, his hands down, his mother instantly snaps to him. <laughs> Hunger. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's the name of this episode. Just a likely story. A likely story. Yes. A likely story. <laughs> It's perfect. Oh it's a perfect motto for this for this episode. Oh my god. Now, tell me, did 
you really speak with Hugar? Yes, I'm sure he can attest to it. Hugar! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, yes, sir. (laughs) This fine young killer. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's some, like, preconceived judgment being laid here. Um, I demand a fair jury. Hugar, she's like, those are big words. (laughs) (laughs) Big words. (laughs) Did she have a talk with you for some time before this uh, misplaced man? <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, uh, it was it was a very one-sided conversation. However, it was a conversation. Hmm. There you go. That's a witness that can attest to the fact that I was here. Hey, Hagar. Yes, can sir? you get a time frame for when this stabbing may have happened? Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not very good at telling how fresh stab wounds are. Uh, Ask the doctor, son. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but she says she doesn't remember a lot. She just remembered like those traits of who stabbed her. She's kind of convenient. I feel like if she's able to remember something about the killer, she can sure as hell. Okay, I'll be back. He's going to run back up the stairs, <laughs> open the door. Like, Priscilla, uh, do you know, like, around what time of day you got stabbed? Did? Mm, it, it was probably close to maybe a couple hours ago. Okay, um, can we be a little more specific? Because, like, a lot of things happened a couple hours ago. If I had to take a guess, I'd say just barely over two hours ago. Barely over two hours ago. Okay, I'm going to go down the stairs. Um, Out of game question, was it, like, just barely over two hours ago that I was having this conversation, or was it longer than that? It was actually about three hours ago. Okay, so the alibi does hold up. Okay, I'm going to go up and, like, uh... According to the stab victim, uh, the stabbing would have occurred um, basically, like, well after the conversation. So, that's, 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 that's that. (laughs) Interesting. And so he's going to turn to Vinny, who has been even more quiet than usual since the bringing up of this cloaked figure. He just kind of looks distant. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh. Uh. Hey, Vinny. Uh, uh, yeah. Man, yeah. To, man to man. Did you do it? <laughs> he looks at his <laughs> skin. Do I look <coughs> red to you? Well, I mean, you just came out of the desert. I don't know. Sunburn? Looks at his hands once more, <laughs> looking for a sign of sunburn. Maybe you're a quick healer. I don't know. Maybe that's why you're at the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of just looks at you so confused at your logic. Hagar is grasping at straws. He, he really is. Uh, yeah, so Hagar is just kind of unconvinced that any of these people are the, the stab person now um so he doesn't really know how to move forward with this because he's he's convinced that none of these people did it 
But now that none of them, like, had, like, something to do with it, because, like, that could have been, like, her brother or something, and, like, they're in it together, they're contract killers, or that could have been, like, the guy that Vinny hired, because apparently these Ganassi with red skin can be contract killers, so maybe Vinny hired that guy <laughs> and couldn't go to the doctor to treat himself because that was the person he had killed or right. attempted to have killed. So these are all thoughts that both Hagar and Sam are having. Hagar is much less thought out because he's not smart. Hagar <laughs> <laughs> just barely has over intelli- over uh, average. Yeah, he has above average intelligence, but he's just dumb. He's a dummy dumb. He's a big old dummy dumb. He doesn't dumb. use it. He has decent critical thinking skills, but he is otherwise stupid. <laughs> Peak himbo energy. Exactly, Peak exactly. Hagar um, is, I guess, going to uh, be like, all right, uh, officer, detective, man. Uh, I'm going to go on the prowl for someone else that matches the description because this person's alibi lines up. Not only does it line up, but it's I, I, I am their alibi. So, uh, But I request that uh, she come with me just because I think she still might be uh, associated with it. I also request that the person with the sword over there, he gestures to Gwendolyn, also come with me because in case I get stabbed, I'd like someone to heal me. Fine. Awesome. Uh, and then Hagar is going to be like, all right, cool. Mom, get me my axe. <laughs> Mom, get me my, give me my axe. Get me my axe, Mom. <laughs> she, I, I, I just imagine like this scenario where like she reaches underneath the countertop, like pulls out the axe. It's like an old Western tossed. saloon where like there's like a shotgun underneath the yeah. bar, but instead it's just his axe. It's just his axe. She like pulls it out from underneath and tosses it. Catches it with one hand, and like puts it on his back because he's awesome. All right, uh, and he's gonna go to just start, just go door to door type beat because that's all Hagar knows how to do. Uh, he's gonna go first back to the doctor's office to see to look for clues. All right, well, I know that this was short once again, but we yeah. didn't exactly allocate too much time, but. That um, a little bit of a cliffhanger. I like exactly. it. Exactly. We're Le- starting off on an adventure. Exactly. Oh we are finally beginning the adventure, and it's going to be so fun for you guys. Besides, i got to draw this out as much as possible for you guys for a nice amount of sessions. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't want to get halfway through and be like, uh, I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, you found the murderer? Uh, it's a, uh, it's a, well, there's a dragon. <laughs> okay, if Just I'm be- casual. Now, see, if I'm being fully honest, I don't like dragons in my fantasy stories all that much. Blasphemous. Like, I, I, I like reading them. Well, but when looping it come- back to Strixhaven, uh, there is a dragon that is, uh, I believe, like, associated with, like, each of the houses. Yeah, there uh, were, um, there were each, ho- each house or each college was, like, founded by a dragon and named yeah. after the dragon. Yeah, uh-huh. so, like... That's pretty neat, and they're pretty Needle cool video. dudes. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think it would be cool to, like, either fight one of them or, like, encounter one of them mm-hmm. uh, and just be like, saw, dude. Um, <laughs> like, because that's something that we can do now. Um, yeah, that's a weird tangent. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd say that is a fantastic wrap for episode two, and I'm super excited to continue on the, this go. journey. So I'm your host and DM, Aaron. I'm Sam. I'm Tori. And I'm Emily. And this has been Roll for Immersion.